Welcome everyone to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 88 and this is our anime trope tier list. There may be spoilers, maybe some light spoilers for any anime that we talk about, so you've been warned. And joining us today is a very special guest. We have with us Sam from Anime Summit. Welcome. Yay, thank you. <laughs> We're so excited that you're here. And I know that the last time we collabed was on Anime Brothers with JD and Earthworm when they invited us to talk about the best supporting characters in anime. And we had a really good time chatting with you, and we knew we had to have you on the podcast. So we're, we're very, very happy that you're here. How how are you? How are things over at Anime Summit? I'm good. Uh, things over at Anime Summit are kind of goofy right now because like, we fell behind a little bit because of uh, technical issues with one of the host computers. But like we're, we're, we're working on getting that back on track because like so like we we haven't done our first impressions for the spring season yet but yeah no i had a lot of fun on that anime brothers episode like every time i go over there it's just like a really good time i love those two so much they're my boys like they're yeah they're amazing yeah and i had a lot of fun with you guys you guys are hilarious i was like oh my god like these guys are so chill like we have to hang out (laughs) and so like i was really honored when corny asked if you want yeah like this is fun like i'm already having fun so yeah yeah no i was i was so excited when you were like let's do it i'm like awesome this is gonna be great i feel like anime tropes is one of those things i've been dying to talk about on our podcast or just in general for a long time because they're they're one of those things that you know anyone no matter what anime you've seen you've probably come across these similar types of tropes and i just i need to vent about them i'm ready to vent okay (laughs) no for and like i think like we're gonna say some of them right and then people are gonna be like oh yeah it does happen in that show like they won't even like you don't even think about it right like it's just because it's part of the character or part of the they're just like oh yeah that is a that is a thing that they do almost every episode. <laughs> yeah. A couple of these, like when they come up as we're watching things, I will audibly audibly groan when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> like or like your eyes roll in the back of yeah. your head. <laughs> I'll just say, oh, God, there it is. <laughs> or like you're well, watching um, with friends and you don't want to be rude, right? So you want to like do a big, huge sigh. But so internally you're like, oh, come on. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, since it's your first time on our podcast on Strictly Anime, um, mm-hmm. before we dive into things, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and about Anime Summit. Uh, my name is Sam. My favorite movie is uh, Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, honestly, it's like one of my favorite movies. But no, like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, an Anime Summit podcast. It was like we started from uh, this dude named uh quokka he like went on reddit and it was just like he went on like the anime subreddit or something and it was just like hey i'm starting an anime podcast who wants to be on it and uh one other guy and my friend nick who's still on our podcast my co-host nick was like yeah we'll be on it and then nick messaged me and was like hey don't you like anime you should do this with me i was like okay and then uh Quokka, like, partway through, like, not even, like, maybe, like, a year and a half in was just, like, yeah, I'm going to travel the world for school, so you guys just go ahead and do whatever. And then the other guy left on his own, and then it was just me and Nick, and then we got Danny on, and then we, it's just been the three of us. Uh, It's been the three of us for, like, f- oh, man, four, five years now. So oh, wow. it'll wow. be our, it'll be, like, our eighth or seventh birthday. Eighth. 
birthday in July. So, like, um, yeah, it's just really fun. I think the three of us have a really good dynamic. We, we're the kind of, like, people that, like, we argue with each other a lot, but, like, we just get it done. And we just, like, uh, we've, like, established, like, these just ongoing jokes between the three of us that between our fans and the three of us that it's just like you know it's just sort of like you kind of we kind of have stuck our feet feet in the ground already and it's just like i don't know i don't really want to move you know i think like maybe in two three years like if we end up doing something else i think people would still follow in some fashion um and it's really weird because like you know i'm an artist so like i'm a graphic artist and an illustrator and i my mom always like when i was a kid said i should be an entertainer and or a comedian or something i don't know and i was like whatever i want to i want to paint pictures and draw comics and draw naked people whatever (laughs) and uh you know i'm not that i don't like being an artist or a working artist i still like drawing and you know, doing graphic design and stuff like that. But, like, it's just really funny that, like, my mom wanted me to do that, and now I'm kind of doing that in some fashion. So whenever I get a chance to, like, go on other podcasts and widen that reach, like, if I can make other people who don't listen to Anime Summit laugh, you know, I think that's uh, what makes me the happiest. So, like, and I've been watching anime, like, pretty much most of my life. So, like, you know, with, like, a... There was like a while there when I first became an adult where I just fell out of it. So like yeah. starting the podcast really or starting on the podcast really made me like get really back into it. And now my shelf is full of like figures and manga and art books and spending a lot of money. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I can um, totally relate to that because I feel like when you reach a certain age, especially like in high school or maybe in, uh, early on in college, you almost have this unspoken pressure to quote unquote grow up and, and maybe grow out of anime. And I felt like I, I experienced that a little bit. That's but it. then I became an adult and I'm like, no, I fucking love anime. Who cares what anyone mm-hmm. else thinks? I'm going to watch this shit. I don't care. Now we have like, like shelves full of anime figures. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if I want to go to the grocery, st- the 24 hour grocery store, at two in the morning to get a birthday cake and eat it by myself. I'm a fucking adult and I can do that. So like, <laughs> you know, like, and it's, it's, it's kind of like the first time you fall out of Pokemon, you know what I mean? Like, and you kind of get yeah. back into it. But yeah. So like, like today I just bought, um, uh, I bought another figure <laughs> <laughs> and What's I bought it. <laughs> it's so it, it technically is a figure from a crane game. And it's the only mm. figure they've ever made of her, but it's I Oto from Wonder Egg Priority. Oh, I love her. Is she in her um like her yellow hoodie with the the fl- her, or not her, the yeah yellow hoodie with the flower right with the shirt with the shorts yeah yep yeah oh, so cute. You can only get these in like those um those app crane games. So like, I went on Yahoo Japan and found one and got it, and then I also got a unused drawn frame like a like a cut from the anime that's, oh, that's cool. like a cell yeah yeah so not like nice. a, yeah not like a cell but like the pencil you know oh, the, okay. the initial pencil yeah so mm-hmm. it's one of momoe from wonder egg priority so like oh, nice. th- that's like my adult life now is like building you know gunpla and japanese models and and doing anime stuff all the time like which is fine because i'm an adult right we just like we we can do that like you know so I don't know. It's it's really weird. And plus, I just have a lot of hobbies. But, like, with anime, I figure it covers a lot of hobbies, right? Because there's anime video games. There's models, Japanese models. There's 
there's manga, comics, there's things to watch, and it's like anime itself can just cover all those hobbies for me. And drawing is one of my hobbies, so I just draw, you know. Um, but yeah, that's it's uh, it's taking over my life in a good way. You know what I mean? Like it's like uh, as long as it makes me happy, it makes you happy. If it like look, right. yeah, period, point blank, period. Okay, if it makes you happy and you're not hurting anyone. You know, like, just, like, yeah. just do it. The only thing hurting is your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. Like, obviously, like, don't, like, you know, don't uh, buy an anime figure over your grocery bill, you know? But, like, <laughs> yeah, you know? Even even though it's tempting sometimes, I will mm-hmm. say, I'll look at, like, a $500 figure. And I'm like, should I or should I not? <laughs> and I feel like I'm at that point where, you know, we have the, the income, the steady income to buy pretty much whatever we want within reason. But we also, at the same time, don't have, like, the shelf space to do that. So now I'm in this position where I need to curate my figure collection. I need to buy, like, the ones that resonate the strongest with me. Like, I could buy anything and everything that, you know, I I, I like right off the bat. But I need to take a step back and think, okay, do I really love this character? Will I like this character in six months to a year? Do I think this figure looks like a, you know, a good quality figure? And that's kind of how I build my collection and again it's not because of the the funds piece of it because i'll if i really want something i'll probably end up buying it it's more just the the limited space we have in our house <laughs> oh yeah no i've already taken some like old evangelion figures i've had and put them away because like i was like i keep building models and wanting to put them up there so i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i'm i bought this ava unit one test type kotobukiya and I was like, when I build this, I'm going to put it up there. So I'm just going to take the little action figure I have, which was like an American-made one, and uh, whatever. Just put it away. Because once I build this, it's going to look way cooler. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's a hobby. It's a good hobby. And I recommend anyone who isn't already like, you know, or isn't like – like figures seem weird at first, right? Like I, I was I was the same way. I was always like – Okay, do I really want to spend this? Like, uh, I don't know. And then you start doing it, and you're kind of like, okay, so PayPal has the pay in for option. <laughs> <laughs> the installment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 fun, and it it's it's I I would I would say it gives you the same feeling as like you know, you can relate it to people who collect um. The people out there who like collect Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Magic cards, whatever. Or, right. You know, yeah. my mom collects. Um, my mom collects uh, glasses from the Depression era. You know, those like those green ones that kind of light up in black and UV light, black light. Oh. Okay. Like she collects those. You know what I mean? So, you know, she might look at my shelf and be like, "You're ridiculous," and I could look at hers and be like, well, "You're you're a weirdo." Like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like if it brings you that same kind of happiness, then it doesn't matter. You know. Yeah, so. I'm all for that. Yeah, to to echo what you said, as long as you're not doing something that's damaging you or others in some way, if it brings you happiness, then mm-hmm. more, the more power to you. Right. I would say my favorite part of anime, like my favorite hobby of it, is talking about it, though. So, like, you know, on here, over there, <laughs> and over there, and on the clouds, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> I love talking. Like, so we could, we can we'll talk about tropes we could talk about waifus you know we could talk yeah we could Let's we, do we it. could do a we could do a tier list of the best anime cats 
<laughs> best anime cast. I like that. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask because um, I, I know we're in the throes of spring season. I know you mentioned you're you're starting to catch up. Is there anything that you're watching right now that you're really enjoying, um, whether it's seasonal or something that you're you're watching that's aired a while ago? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, let me see. This season, I'm excited for Spy Family and Ooh, yeah. and Komi san can't communicate season yes. two. <laughs> um, Data Live Four because it's waifu trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's not like yeah, it's like it's not really etchy or fan servicey or anything, but it's like it's like a waifu anime. Like you watch it and you have to like pick a waifu. Like that's like the law, right? Is it and, like a straight up harem? I, I I've heard so much about Data Live, but I don't understand like what genre it falls into is it is it truly a harem it's a little harem-y it's like okay. it's like action sci-fi but because like so like the main guy um he he basically to like get these these extraterrestrial girls on his side to help fight the bad guys he has to like show them a good time on a date you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he basically has to be doing a dating sim in real life with these girls to like, you know. And so the first one he ever does in the first season, her name is Toka. And she's, I forgot what her main power is, but she's got like this really cool sword and her outfit is like this kind of like frilly purple magical girl gown thing. And it's really cool. There's another girl named Kurumi or, or Kurumi, I think her name is. And she's like the goth lolly with a shotgun and she can stop time for a second. Oh, it's shit. really cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's not, like, great, right? Like, it's not a great show. But, like, if you're into that stuff. Plus the character design, I think it's really nice. Um, and I'm really excited for Love After World Domination. I haven't started it yet. Mm. Yeah. But that I'm one's really a really good one. I we're I think we're caught up on that one. And I went into it looking at the PV thinking, like, okay, this will be entertaining at the least. But I actually find myself to be enjoying it. A lot like like way more than I thought and I think it just it knows what it is and it doesn't try to be anything other than that and I think that's why that show is working so well for me right now we'll see how it ends up after 12 episodes but right now I think it's it's worth a watch nice yes and I I love like Sentai stuff right like Kamen Rider Super Sentai Power Rangers so yeah. like that's just kind of like and I'm reading a manga right now called Ranger Reject which is like it, it's like peak fiction and that's like a really serious like kind of a uh, manga or story. So this one, Love After World Domination, I'm like I read about it, I talked about it on my newscast and have seen all the PVs and I'm just like man, this looks hilarious. Like this is you know, a sentai from another angle. And there was one last season that took place it was the same thing, but it the main character is like the lead designer in the monster department of like the bad guys. Kaijin Kaihatsubu. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think Ms. I watched Kuro- that one, but Ms. yeah, Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't that fun. Like, it was funny, but, like, I don't know. It it could have done – I think it could have done more, and it just didn't. I don't know. But the first episode was funny, right, because, like, they kind of slacked off and slapped together this monster. And the one, like, second-in-command general guy comes in, and he's like, what's going on in here? And she's like, oh, we're really sorry about the last monster, you know, whatever, and – he was like, I understand what's happening now. And it's like, he's like going to kill them. And he was like, you guys have to rest. Like, you can't do a good job at the office if you don't properly rest and eat something. Like, <laughs> he's like concerned. He's just like, this is going to be OSHA shit all over the place. Like, 
and and I wish there was more of that, but like they kind of kind of steered away from that humor like later on. So I kind of forgot about it, but yeah, yeah. Love- I feel like it's a, it's a similar vibe with Love After World Domination, where it's it's set in like a Super Sentai world or setting, but um, they still take a very like realistic approach to it. Like you actually see behind the scenes, like how the villain organization operates and like where they stay and like mm-hmm. what their dorm it's rooms like they, look they like run and stuff. like a business or yeah something. <laughs> and it's just funny to see how they they blend that with the real world because sometimes like when you think about i don't know like power rangers and stuff it's it can be a little unrealistic here i feel like again they're they're just trying to make it as um relatable as possible for two people who uh who are new to the dating world and that's kind of like what i had heard right because like i think that's what miss koroitsu was supposed to do and it kind of did that. Um, it kind of made it a workplace comedy out of it. But they kept... It was more so about Miss Kuroitsu herself and her just trying to, like, do her best. Whereas in Love After World Domination, it focuses on multiple characters, you know? And I think that's probably why it might do it better. So I'm really excited for that one, for sure. Um, yeah. And I just watched the first it. episode last night of Birdie Wing Golf. And How is that? That's actually, it's actually really crazy. Like it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, you, you think it's just going to be like a girls playing golf thing, but it's actually kind of like, like the main chick, like her name is Eve. First of all, the character design is really nice. Secondly, you think it's just going to be like, she playing golf, they're playing golf, whatever, you know, hot girls playing golf. But no, the main character hits the damn ball so hard that it glows like blue. And that's like her main thing. It's called her birdie wing blue shot or something. And it's hmm. like. So then, like, she's this kind of chick who just – she just plays for money. She plays to get ahead. She plays to survive. And then she is getting roped into playing this tournament because she wants to face this young girl who's, like, another golf prodigy. So she uses, like, her underground criminal connections to, like, get herself in the tournament. And um, Kei Ajiki does the character design, and he did key animation for, like – Grand Lagan and Soul Eater and oh, nice. Monica Magica. And so, like, he's been doing a lot more character design lately. And so when I saw that he was doing this, I was like, okay, that's actually really cool because I was wondering when we, he was going to, like, kind of get out of the key animation position and do more stuff. So he's been doing Strike Witches. Um, he did a lot of World Witches, Strike Witches stuff. And then he did this which is completely different from anything he's ever worked on before. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I, I've heard that Birdie Wing has, like, it gives off, like, Mario Golf vibes. Is that accurate? Yes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's a part where she, and this is not this is just not really a spoiler because it's the first episode, but there's a part where the main girl, Eve, purposely hits the ball straight into a hill so it'll bump up and then go over the hill and onto the green right by the hole. Some like and, physics defying shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then what she wants it to do is hit the flagpole really hard, so much to the point where it goes straight up and then back down into the hole, but she misses. <laughs> so wow. it it goes up and it comes down, but it doesn't land right in the hole. It lands, lands right next to it, which is but it was really funny because it was like the other girl was like, I've never seen anyone play golf like this. This is crazy. It's really funny. Like there's a lot of that internal like dialogue where it's like yeah. she's gonna hit the ball to do this and blah, blah, blah you know what i mean kind of like a kind of like a shonen thing which is funny 
So I think that's the right way to go about a golf anime because I think on the surface, anyone who knows anything about golf would probably be hesitant to watch it, like myself, mm -hmm. honestly. But if you're infusing it with those those shonen pieces, then I think it's it's probably going to draw a bigger crowd than what it would have if you, if you didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, leave well, it to anime to make something as something like right. golf so exciting right. yeah. <laughs> but also like on the other side of it like you're not gonna watch an anime where like the main guy or like you know is like just hitting the ball right and then the commentary from the other characters is like and we're going to see him <laughs> and it looks like he's gonna go for a 24 inch wedge here like you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you're not gonna watch that you know so but yeah that's a very good point yeah well, yeah, I, that, that might be one that I, I pick up then for this season because I'm interested in it, but there's also a, a pretty long list that, that we've got. It's, it's a really heavy season. There's like 40-plus shows this mm -hmm. season. Yeah, it is. It is. So I'm trying to like – that's why we do two our first impressions in two parts because mm -hmm. like the past couple of years – I think we started doing it in two parts the past couple of years because literally like within the last five years or so, they just there's just so many new studios popping up and – all that stuff so but yeah no honestly i just give it a, do just do the three app thing and see yeah mm -hmm. for me personally i might just keep watching it just because of like that ridiculousness like in you know plus i like the character yeah. design I, I think that the colors are really vibrant animation is decent it's produced by bandai namco so you're gonna see like bandai namco inserted things in there like they mentioned gunpla mm -hmm. the one girl's uh, golf ball has like a pac-man on it you know what i mean that's cool. so, yeah <laughs> But yeah, I would I would just give it a try. Just you know. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna add that to my watch list. Yeah, we gotta broaden our like sports anime horizon. I know. So. <laughs> this is a good this is a good uh, starting point for us. <laughs> well, um, let's let's transition into tropes um, because tropes. I'm I'm excited to talk about this because uh, like we said earlier, you can probably apply a lot of these to a lot of the anime that we talk about. Um, and so what we've done is we've gathered 16 of some of the most well-known bad anime tropes, and we'll go through each one, and all three of us will create our own tier list, explain why we placed each trope in a certain tier, and then we can see how our trope taste compares. So we'll share our, um, for anyone listening, we'll share our tier list on Discord. So if you're not a member of the Strictly Series Discord, be sure to join. The link will be in the description. And we'll also have the link to this tier list template available so that you can make your own, share it on the Discord if you want. But the way we've structured it, uh, we're coming at an angle of like bad anime tropes. So the tiers from bottom to top will be good tropes at the bottom for the tropes that we think, you know, actually are, are kind of good or maybe impactful in some way to the anime. Um, acceptable tropes for the tropes that may not be exciting to watch, but don't distract um, or hinder the show. Annoying tropes, that's like the, the mid-tier, um, the ones that annoy us but could also be tolerable. Maybe there's like a 50-50 there on whether or not, you know, it's it's worth having that in the anime. Then we have bad tropes for the tropes that are straight up bad no matter how or when they're used. And then at the top, we have the worst tropes for the tropes that are just straight up hated, the ones that should be removed from anime entirely. For me, it's like the the please stop, the please don't tier. Like, just just don't do that anymore. I would be happy if anime moved on from that. Um, so I know we can edit our tiers on tier, tiermaker.com. If anyone wants to edit your tier, feel free to. But I thought that, that would be kind of like a nice, a nice uh, scope for us to work with. No, so I, I think this is good. 
Yeah. Awesome. Mid tropes in the middle. Mid tropes. God, <laughs> yeah. that Mid-tropes. fucking word. <laughs> Mid. All yeah, right. So it's, so, so it's red at the top with worst, and then it goes yes. yeah to green to the good at the bottom. I know it's kind of backwards from how most tier lists are done, but again, but we're no, looking at it perfect. as like the yeah. bad tropes. <laughs> yeah, because we're talking about the worst ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to dive in. I'm going to start with do it, do uh, it. No, no particular order here. Let's Just start, start yelling. with. Just start yelling at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with dead, it. absent, or non existent parents. Um, <laughs> Sam, we'll, we'll start with you. Where would you place this on your tier list and why? <laughs> I'm, I'm starting out hot. Like, this is one of the ones I needed to talk about. <laughs> this is fucking funny because, like, Nick is always, like, he, he'll he'll just bring it up in passing when we're reviewing stuff. He's like, yeah, and, of course, this is another one of those ones where the parents are just not there. You know, it's just like... <laughs> He like you can you can hear him rolling his eyes. It's funny when he does it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think of a recent show that I actually loved that had this, and I was just kind of like where I didn't care about it. And I think that was Super Cub. And so Super Cub is not really a show that you need to watch. It's just put it on on the background while you're drawing or having a coffee, reading a book. Or whatever, right? It's an Ayashi K. It's about a girl who gets a super cub, a Honda super cub. And um, it's like the the very first scene is her waking up, getting ready for school. She's making rice. She's making her bento box and then making a piece of toast to eat for breakfast. And then it's very apparent that from this apartment or whatever building she's in, she lives by herself. But she's in high school. Oh, so like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this apartment is not like this This home you're in is like a one-bedroom deal, one-bedroom, one-bath kitchen deal. So, like, they made it so she's by herself. But why? Because she's in high school. So, like, I don't understand. But, like I, like I said, because of the kind of show it is, I didn't care because it's a feel-good show. It's an aesthetic show. You watch it for the backgrounds, the art, the animation, the color, um, whatever. You don't watch it for the story. So, and that's why I loved it because it it did what it was supposed to do, and that's why I loved it. So in that case, I didn't really care. In yeah. other cases, though, like a lot of romance shows do this, and that's really annoying. That's super annoying. And, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the latest romance shows that I loved was Horimiya. Oh and yeah. Um, the girl, the the main girl, her parents are very much a part of it, and it's really funny actually because there's dynamics with her dad and the guy, and it's really funny. And you don't really see his parents, but he does mention them often enough where you know, okay, no, so he does live with his parents. They are there, they exist. It's fine, right? So you don't really see them on screen, but you know they're there. So at least that's something, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you just have. The other 80% or other 70% of romances where they're just like, okay, like, uh, is nobody watching these kids? Or <laughs> <laughs> That's how I am. Sometimes I watch these situations that anime characters get themselves into, and I'm like, like the first thing in my head is, where are the fucking parents? How is this mm-hmm. possible? <laughs> right, right. And... And so, like, let's take it. Let's take a Shonen for example, right? Weekly Shonen magazine, I think, which is Kodansha, like Tokyo Revengers, right? A lot of the parents in there, you don't, 
you don't see and they're barely mentioned for some of the characters it doesn't matter but the one the, the characters that do matter they show them and stuff and they mention them and that's fine but like other times it's like you'll they'll be fighting this one gang member from the rival gang and like that it's like okay i want to know who that kid's parents are because that kid is fucked up like that kid yeah. is a psycho <laughs> yeah where is your mother you know like <laughs> but yeah i think this trope is I'm going to say, I wouldn't say worst, because it's starting to improve a little bit. Like, they're putting parents in there. But, in t- okay, when it is when it is bad, it is really bad. Because it's like, okay, no, seriously, like, where's this character's parents? You know, like, it's this is weird. Um, I would just say bad. I would say, so not worst, but bad, I would okay. say. I'm gonna okay, put interesting. I'm, gonna put a, I, I'm, I I'm right there it. with you. I might move I actually it, put... I put that one in bad trope as well because to me, and this is like the sticking point for me. Sure. It seems kind of like a lazy way to put characters in situations where they normally wouldn't be allowed to if their parents were around. So in my mind, it's like, okay, so you, for example, I don't know, like, Kanojo mo Kanojo, girlfriend, girlfriend, right? Like, that's a harem, whatever. Um, oh, yeah, he yeah. has, like, this place where he lives alone for whatever reason because his parents, I can't remember if they were, like, dead or whatever, but they were non-existent, essentially. And I'm thinking yeah. that's a, it's a funny situation to have these two girls living in your home with you, but I would find it more believable if you were an adult, like a 20-year-old, like or even in college where you have, right. like, a dorm or an apartment. Why do you have to be a high schooler who has you know, non-existent parents versus just a regular adult who has a home logically and can have other people live there if you want to. Let alone um, two so just... people you're trying to date right now at the same yeah. time. <laughs> Christ, man. Yeah. So for me, it's just, I find it to be such a lazy way to excuse certain situations where I, I just, I got to roll my eyes. That's, that's, that's a good example of a romance, quote unquote, romance rom-com where I was just like, dog like <laughs> you know like you know i if i was and if i was i'm not a parent so i can't relate but like if i was the parent of either one of those girls i'd be like uh, okay i want you to be happy but this guy sounds like a a dummy like yeah i don't no <laughs> you <Yeah>. know like, <laughs> i don't know man. what about what about you carl where, where does where does this one land for you i i might change this but i, I put it at the worst trope. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fair. Because yeah, understandable, I was, I was think- understandable. Yeah, I was thinking of um, what you were mentioning with Kanojo Mokanojo with that whole situation, and I, well, we watched like maybe three episodes of that. Uh, but and I then was we had enough of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> like I was constantly thinking in my head, like where are the parents to just slap some sense into these kids? And like I've seen like more anime we watch, I've noticed that the parents are always absent, like you said, especially in these rom-coms. Even in um, Marmalade Boy, which the 90s anime that I watched last year, yeah, uh, the, the parents were there, but like they would always just leave and not be privy to anything that's happening between the two uh, main love interests. And like same thing, like they, if they just communicated with these kids and just kind of sat them down and and walk through things with them you wouldn't have a lot of these situations and i'm even thinking uh i know sam you you mentioned that you were watching hunter hunter on your most recent podcast yeah Uh, so i don't know how far you've gotten but i am uh they so they are just 
they just logged into Greed Island. Okay. Okay. Yeah, is where I'm at. But yeah, I'm sure. Like you, you know, there's the one specific parent in that show that I'm probably referring to here. It falls under the absent category. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. That's like the it's whole like, reason they logged into that bitch. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. yeah. Like I'm thinking of that that character. Like, why would you just be absent from from your your child's life like that <laughs> without like <laughs> raising them and teaching them ways like. I don't know. I feel like with par- like the parents not being there, it just sets up for. I know like it sets up for all these really crazy and, and extraordinary anime. But I think <laughs> I feel like it also causes a root problem. Yeah, there's a bigger question at play there. <laughs> I'm gonna make my kid log into this thing that where he could probably die. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. if my child lives to find me, then he's worthy of meeting me. That's what that is. Come on, dude. <laughs> Need well, pi- uh, need Piccolo the next... to come in here and be like, "Nah, dude." Someone <laughs> called Piccolo. Anyway, yeah. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Well, the the next one that we have, I think, kind of like is in the same vein uh, as this because I, I feel like one of the things I I feel like they do with keeping parents out of the picture is being able is allowing viewers to be able to put themselves in that situation because they would never otherwise be in that situation. And here with the next trope, which is self-insert protagonist, it's kind of the same <laughs> idea where you can just kind of put yourself in a situation you would never otherwise be in through this boring, bland, uninteresting main character. Um, so Sam, for you, where would the self-insert protagonist fall on your tier list? I would probably put it in bad or worst. I don't know. Just... Ooh. I mean, it's not, uh, I because uh, probably because I can't relate to a lot of, not because like I can't, but like there's characters in there where it's just like you can tell that the writer is just like, damn dude, tell us how you really <laughs> tell me, how you... <laughs> jeez man. You um, never wanted to self insert yourself into an isekai. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, let me think about that one. No, probably not. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, I, uh, okay, so I guess the, hmm, I I don't like to try and, I because when I watch anime, I just like want to watch it, and if I happen to relate it in a, to a situation or to something a character does, then that's cool for me. Um, but I never want to, like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like this trope, well, I would, maybe I'd probably put it in annoying. Probably annoying. It's mid. Be- yeah, because, like, it doesn't bother me. You know, like, I just don't go out of my way to, like, be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally, like, I would totally, like, do that. You know what I mean? Like, I just. Yeah. Especially even in times where I, I wouldn't, you know. Now, if I could be, like, any anime character at all, dude, I would want to be, like, I wish I had as much courage as, like, um, I don't know, like, Deku or something. Or, like, Deku, like, he always wants to smoke. Like if he's, if you're a villain and you're doing villainy shit, he's not gonna try and Clark Kent his way out of it. Okay, like he's not gonna try and reason with you. He's gonna like drop you, right? And so I pride myself on like needing to kick your ass if you need it, right? And like lately, I haven't been able to do that because my arms are weak. But like, you know, like, <laughs> but like I, uh, you know, there was I, I, I feel like I can look back at situations in my life and be like, man, I really wish I would have kicked that person's ass. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, like, I, I never go out of my way to be, like, to, like, uh, put myself in place of something where I thought 
I could have done better or done worse or whatever. So I don't know. I, I guess I never see it. It doesn't, it doesn't like, it doesn't annoy me enough. You know what I mean? So like, I guess it doesn't bother yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of like in a similar vein. So I put it under acceptable trope Um, only because like, yeah, I get that the boring bland protagonist can distract from the show. But if the show around that protagonist is really good, then I don't think it's enough for me to be like, you know, this is distracting or this is annoying to me. Um, and sometimes the bland, like the, the bland protagonist is okay when they go from being boring to having a lot of good character development and kind of like find themselves. I do enjoy that type of story. If they're bland throughout the whole thing, then that, that is pretty annoying. But if there is some character development, then, then I'm okay with that. And I, I get the appeal of the self insert. Like it can make the story and the world more relatable to that type of viewer and allow the viewer to feel like, I don't know, more connected or pretend again, like they're the ones that got isekai or they're the ones that have, you know, have a quirk or something. So I feel like to me, it's, it's acceptable. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a good trope, but I, I think it's something that I, I can certainly live with and it wouldn't, it wouldn't keep me from watching a show if it had a, a self insert bland MC. See, I, I, I kind of I'm looking at these tropes as like which one is going to make me groan the most <laughs> and I feel like that, that's what I'm envisioning with self-insert protagonist which I I also put as the as a worst trope uh, because like I, I get like most of the protagonists that I'm thinking of are from shonen uh, that's usually where most of them yeah, are that or like, isekai <laughs> like some you mentioned uh, Deku or Midoriya and the Tanjiro from Demon Slayer, Takemichi, I think. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I feel like a lot that hero. that like get to you are more of the self-doubting protagonists yes. that cry too much. But those mm-hmm. are also usually pretty bland characters. Yeah, and, and I get like even with Shonen, I know like that's supposed to appeal to a, a demographic of like the adolescent crowd that you know they're going through that period where they're not so sure about the direction they're going or if they're they're getting the skills that they need and so you have these characters that they can easily relate to and i, I get that like um it, it's an, an easy way to, to to work through that but i feel like it's just become so frequent now like that i i can see it right away and it doesn't doesn't like turn me away from watching the show but again like i i just kind of roll my eyes when i see it happen so that one's a worst for you yeah. Ooh. <laughs> damn, 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 damn. I feel like a lot of these might be the worst for me, but I, I'll try to, I'll try to piece them out. Hey, no, that's fair. If if you hate all the tropes, you hate all the tropes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one on our list is <laughs> this is one that happens all the time. This one is talking during fights. <laughs> oh God, Sam, where does this one land for you? <laughs> God, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so are we? So when we say talking during fights, right? Do we mean also like the internal dialogue too, or like? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. I I would say yes. I would say everything. Sh- I almost would extend that into like flashbacks during fights. Basically, anything that just like takes you out of the fight, right. so that's right. something you can like focus your attention on something else when you really should be focusing on the fight. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's one thing that Shonen has a- improved on. Because, um, like, if you watch Naruto or Dragon Ball Z um, or even Bleach, those were those were horrible. They're the worst perpetrators <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of those. And 
Naruto especially. Um, Naruto does it like they'll do whole ass flashbacks and in the middle of a fight and it's just like it's really funny because you can find fight compilations of, of Naruto fights on YouTube and there will be fights on there that were like 10 episodes long but you break them all down and they're it's like 30 minutes oh my god <laughs> yeah so and I love Naruto okay so like for me talking during fights isn't terrible like it's it's fine you know if there's exposition that needs to be explained on a certain thing you know, and like especially with like Jujutsu Kaisen, right? Like you have the power system in Jujutsu Kaisen is not super complicated, but it's articulate enough where it will need some explaining. And plus, everybody has different powers and curse energy. So when you have different power kind of shit like quirks or the things in Jujutsu, the different curse energy in Jujutsu Kaisen or domains in Jujutsu Kaisen, things like that, when they each need to be explained like that, then I understand it's fine. Like, you know, it'll cut away and be like, oh, yeah, well, um, Bakugo has the power to, like, excrete glycerin from his hands, and that's why he can do this and whatever. I get it, right? It, it's And that's different, right? Because it doesn't need a whole flashback or a whole thing to, like, explain that, you know? Mm-hmm. I just explained yeah. it to you in, like, one second, right? So um, I would say it's annoying. I wouldn't say it's... Mm, because <laughs> like yeah it's 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 weird because it's like dependent on the one on what you're watching right so like yeah i would say it's annoying at best especially lately um it's it's not it's not as bad anymore i would say if we if we were doing this podcast 10 years ago i would probably put it in bad or worst but like yeah it's getting it's getting better i would just say it's annoying you know it's it's not terrible Okay. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that one, too. I, I would put it annoying, you know, mid, mid-tier, because I could go either way. Similarly to, to what you shared, I, I feel like it can either completely distract from a fight and be super fucking annoying for the viewer, or it can help enhance the fight, help explain what's happening. Because I, to your point, like with Jujutsu Kaisen, I think it'd be difficult as an audience member to learn about an attack, but not see it happen until several episodes later because you're not going to remember everything that they explained. It almost works better if they're explaining it as it's happening so that you can fully understand the implications of whatever that attack involves. Um, and I also think that there's something fun about like the hype man when it comes to certain fights. Like That's talking during fights, but when you've got like a speed wagon or another character acting as the hype man and like basically, you know telling you exactly what you're seeing on screen, but their energy is there to make you feel more more excited about, you know, these two characters going at it. I, I really do appreciate that sometimes. Um, so I feel like for me, as long as it's not, you know, the talking that we had back in the day, as long as there's some purpose to it, whether it is getting me more excited, whether it is explaining something to me, whether it is giving me the flashbacks so that I can fully appreciate what these characters are putting on the line, then I'm okay with it. But sometimes it's not that way and it ends up being fucking annoying. <laughs> right. And to your point, like the hype, the hype man thing, like I just started, I just took the dive into one piece, the manga. And, uh, I got to the first like really, really big fight, which is against Arlong, the fish man. And, um, you know, his, Sanji and Usopp and, uh, Zoro, his crew at, are like cheering him on. They're like, Luffy, go get him. And that's like that's hype, right? Like that's legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's Dragon Ball Super, the Tournament of Power arc, right? This is a spoiler, but like 
the the when the last remaining fighters are about to like push uh Jiren, the all powerful Jiren off the the stage. Um and, and everybody in the audience in from Goku's universe, they all go Goku at the same time. It's like it was really cool. It, that was like a hype moment. I was like, Yeah, get him and I was just like <laughs> it was awesome. So like yeah. that the hype the hype man is legit. So like but yeah, I would say just annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I put it at uh annoying too because oh look at oh, us oh, we're all yeah, the same wavelength okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get married <laughs> let's do it uh, but yeah like like Courtney said it, it can go either way and I, I'm like thinking of the earliest example uh, like Pokemon when we were younger we would watch like Pokemon battles between the trainers or the gym leaders and sure. like it would drag on for like almost an entire episode because they're explaining like oh this move can be that move or this type can be that type um, and I feel like with power systems in different anime, like you need those moments to, to give context to what's going on. But sometimes I'm just like, just show us the action and like, just get us, get us moving. Cause sometimes the battles and the fights just kind of move at a, at a snail's pace. Uh, but at the same time, I think of an example, like you brought up with Jojo, you know, like Speedwagon who likes to hype up, uh, Jonathan's fights or, even when we get into uh, like the the territory of stands, when you have these stand users fighting against each other with their stands, like it's interesting to see like in those cases, like when they explain how they can defeat each other, like what's the caveat there? And so yeah, like it's not like in some cases it is annoying as fuck, but in other ones, like you you get like the enlightenment of why this is happening. Yeah, and I, I feel like with the hype man. Um... And like with Jojo stands, like there, there's such complexity there that, yeah, I need someone to just hold my hand and explain what's going on. But then I recall like watching Inuyasha back in the day where they're just stating the obvious, like Inuyasha would punch someone and they'd be like, oh my God, he just punched that guy. I'm like, I know, I fucking saw it. I just watched it. Like, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it could go either way. Like, I, I agree though, Sam, I think that this has gotten better over the years, mm-hmm. um, but we, we still have a long way to go, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I love Inuyasha, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pull out some Inuyasha examples then. <laughs> yeah. I'm still catching right. up on Yashihime, but yeah, I I can definitely recognize that Inuyasha was like a pretty bad perpetrator of that. that yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, we have plot armor, which is not just an anime trope. I mean, that extends, I think, across all media, but it is pretty egregious sometimes um, in anime. So, Sam, what what do you think about plot armor? Okay, so this one, this one might be a thing that I don't pay attention to often. So, explain to me what plot armor is again, because I feel like I know what it is. I just didn't know that that's what it was called. Yeah. So, plot armor and Carl, feel free to like correct me if I if my explanation is weird. But plot armor is when a character is so crucial to the story that no matter what happens in a scene, they're not going to be impacted. It may seem like, like they're trying to bait you into thinking like, oh, this character's going to die in this fight. But you know in your head, there's no fucking way oh. this character can die because they, they're they crucial to the next part of the story. So yeah. a lot of main characters are pretty, uh, they, they usually have plot armor. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so I just got to a chapter in One Piece called Luffy Died. What? <laughs> what? <Spoilers>. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I that's chapter like one o two or something, one o three. Yeah, there's a thousand chapters of this fucking manga. I know he's not gonna <laughs> die. Um, plot armor. 
Let me think. Let me think. Let me think of. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Well, I would say that it's it's mm, it's weird, right? Because like obviously, that you want to see these characters in super dire situations and stuff like that, and um, you know they're gonna make it out, you know, I guess. But it's like, I think it really just depends on how you write that, right? So like, yeah, in Dragon Ball Z, Goku died, legit. Like he. He came back, yes, like 15 times. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, we saw him, like, die, you know, for the cause of uh, protecting the Earth and his family and friends. And uh, that is just like, okay, sweet. He d- he did. He died for real. They didn't need to uh, – I guess the plot armor would be, like, him coming back to life so many times. Or him yeah. being able to visit Earth um, while he's dead, you know. Um, yeah. I keep saying Dragon Ball Z because Dragon Ball Z is like one of the biggest perpetrators of a lot of these tropes. But like, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say so. Like that's what I think. That's one thing I kind of like about JoJo, right? Because like each season or each part is a different JoJo. You're moving on, right? But that's that's just how the story is built. You know, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about the generation of Joe Stars, the different generations of Joe Stars, and the Joe Star family. So like that's just how that story is built. But I don't know. I guess yeah. This one doesn't bug me so much. As much as I'm gonna put it, so hmm, I'm gonna say annoying, but I'm gonna put it at the top of annoying. So ahead of self-insert and ahead of talking during fights. So it's like all oh, it's like teetering on the line of a bad trope. Yeah. So like, cause like obviously, if you can't write your story in a way where it's like impactful, that you have to do something dire to the the character who you know is not going to die i don't know there's there's different ways i feel like there's different ways you can work around that i don't know i'm not a writer you know so that's tough but i would say yeah plot armor can be annoying a lot in the times where plot armor is noticeable um it's always pretty annoying it's 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 pretty Mm -hmm. terrible so i would say put it at the top of annoying i wouldn't say necessarily bad because obviously you're trying to get your audience to like be like on the edge of their seat and stuff. Um, but I would say top of annoying for sure. Okay. I, I, I put mine in bad, but with like an asterisk and it's kind of to the, the point that you had shared where I, I think this is a bad trope because when the stakes are high, my ability to get emotionally invested is super limited when I know there's no chance in hell this character is going to die or have some sort of long-lasting serious injury. Not always the case, um, but it, it does – I just in my head I'm thinking like, okay, this is really hype, but at the end of it, what is it even – like there's no difference that's going to be made here. Um, however, I also think that you can't – it's probably very difficult to write – a character especially a main character without putting them in some sort of situation that pushes them a little bit or you know kind of puts them in a very sticky situation even if they're just going to come out unscathed because of plot armor so it's kind of like that uh, like double-edged sword i guess maybe where you kind of need it in order to keep the story interesting in order to continue character development but at the end of the day it's still going to make such little impact because plot armor is a thing so i still find it bad because i can I, I see it coming a mile away and i'm like i want to get hype about this but like there's like a 99.9 percent chance that nothing's going to change at the end of this but i don't know how else a writer would would approach something like that yeah I'm- for me, I put this in 
acceptable in under the acceptable tier because like we said like plot armor is prevalent even outside of anime and i'm trying to think of like examples in anime that stick out to me but uh just to take from regular pop culture, like walking dead um <laughs> you can say a lot of like one character i'll just say daryl like he has he carries oh so much plot armor <laughs> yeah he does, i think it's just because like he's a a fan favorite um and you know i'm, I'm thinking of Promise Neverland, the, the the three kids, uh, Emma, Ray, Norm, Norman, yeah, Norman. Like I would feel like with the plot of that show, like like one of them is like is doomed to like it's doomed to meet their maker, but it, it doesn't necessarily happen. And, and like you said, like there's an emotional weight with seeing these characters go through these situations, but when nothing really happens of it, it's it's kind of kind of disappointing, but. I would say like sometimes you just have to take it with the characters that you see in shows because like some of them will end up becoming your favorites and and as much as you you want them to to have like a significant part of the story whether it be through their demise or their death like you also want to see them through to the very end. Yeah, yeah. this one's a tricky one. I don't know. Now I feel almost bad a little bit because I I I'm thinking of it through the lens of a writer. Like how else do you figure? Like how do you do whatever you need to do despite plot armor and right. i feel like that's a very tall order i'm gonna move mine down to annoying i feel bad now i don't want to be mean <laughs> i'm putting it in annoying wow <laughs> and that's why because i know like um certain writers like they're afraid to do anything with characters because in the real world they might receive like death threats oh my for... god which is just crazy <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's your story do what you like we'll be disappointed but if it's for good reason yeah, and as I think about it more, sometimes maybe plot armor plays a like is beneficial to a certain viewer. Like if I'm super into a character, I don't want them to die. So mm-hmm. when plot armor is a factor, I'm like, okay, I can rest easy knowing that my favorite character will hopefully continue to be in the story. Okay, yeah, I'm officially downgrading to, to annoying. I'll put it in mid. <laughs> All right, so then we have. Uh, the next trope is cry porn. When... You're gonna have to explain this because I I searched this on Google, and I got some <laughs> Did really you find some. <laughs> I got really nasty searches. Oh okay. It's like, okay, I should not have searched this. So <laughs> I would explain. Fucking cry porn. All the word porn is in it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I tried to put like trope and just to see if the algorithm would pick you that could, up, but no. You could put Skippy's low fat peanut butter and the word porn after it, and you'll find some nasty <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that was my fault. <laughs> so to explain cry porn, I would just say it's it's when the anime is trying really hard to get you to cry. Whether or not you want to cry and whether or not it makes sense in the show, like cry porn is just like when they're really trying hard to pull those tears out of you. Does that make sense? Okay. That's what I would, uh, that's how I, d- I would describe it. I don't know, Sam, how would you describe it? It's like, yeah, it's like meant to tug at your heartstrings no matter what and like mm. tugging on him so hard that hopefully you cry even if it doesn't make you cry and it still tugs on him like pretty hard where you're like thinking about it for however long after you watched it or read it whatever then yeah like i would say so like melodrama is like a big thing like with some anime right and so th- this is one of the reasons i did not like your lion april um because it was very obvious just from the fucking title 
and like the the premise, you know, the synopsis that this was going to be okay. This is going to be you know, cry porn. And another yeah. <laughs> another trope that we can discuss that is not just um central to anime, but there's the the romance the romance where one of the two characters is terminally ill trope. And that's like 80% of slice of life anime movies. Like, especially recently. <laughs> I feel like that's all yeah. always what happens. And that's another reason why I didn't like your line April. And so I'm thinking, okay, so this is, this is going to try and be cry porn and whatever. And not only that, but the ending sucked. It was bogus. <laughs> um, now, for the trope of, like, cry porn itself, I'm going to put in acceptable. Here's why. Number one, I cry all the fucking time. Like, <laughs> you may be hearing me on this podcast thinking, Sam is really cool. She's really beautiful and gorgeous and amazing. Thank you, by the way. And, <laughs> and you know, she's really happy. She's really funny, blah, blah, blah. But, no, let me tell you all something. I'm a crybaby. Okay, I, 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 my cat looked at me the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and I just like, <laughs> my eyes got watery. Okay, so like, Trisha the other day came and scratched my back while I was working, and she goes, "Love you," and I, my eyes got watery. Like so, oh. so like, I, I cry all the fucking time. Okay, I cried on chapter eighty-two of One Piece, eighty-one on One Piece. I, I cry all the time. So. I love crying. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel better. It gets gets all my my uh, you know my my feelings out, my giblets out, and um, I'm into it now. Like for the purpose of like this discussion, if they're trying on purpose to do it, if you're just trying to do it just because you're trying to do it, and you're trying to do it from the get go and not building up to it, then that's stupid. Like, which, which, like, I'm trying to think of one anime that did, that did this. Orange. Oh, yeah. Orange, right away, the plot right away is, this happens, and this, and we have to go back in time to do whatever. Or some BS, right? And every episode, there was some kind of moment or thing that tried to make you, like, tear up, right? And... It just was just kind of like, okay, like, we get it. Like, it's sad. Like, can we just, like, get to the part where, like, we figure it out? Because all you're doing is trying to just, like, they kept writing in these connections between, like, the friends and things. Like, they're doing character building wrong. Like, you just keep doing all, piling all this sad stuff. And it seemed like every episode they wanted to try and get you to cry or tear up a little bit. And it was just like, okay, whatever. You know? Now, when you do it like, like your lie in April is like four or five episodes in, you know, okay, this fucking chick's gonna fucking die. Like, okay, <laughs> from then on, there they tried to make you cry every damn episode, and it was just like, dog, like tell the fucking story, okay? Like just do it, right? Anohana, yeah. which is arguably the most, the most melodramatic. It's like infamous for, for like making people cry. Because of how sad it is, um, but it doesn't make you sad because the girl who died, the friend they lost. It makes you sad because it's relate so relatable to the point 
you've been through that with your friends, okay? Like, if you've lost a friend, IRL, or someone, even a loved one, even a grandma or a, a parent or whatever, it it the it makes the feeling of loss relatable, mm-hmm. and that's why you cry. It doesn't cry because of it's dramatic and just because of how they wrote it. It's it's also makes you cry because you can relate to that feeling of loss, and that's yeah. why Anohana's good. So, I'm gonna say bad, and I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it at the bottom bottom of bad. So like, no matter whatever what other other I put in bad, I'll put it above it. Because I don't think it's terrible. It's just like, it seems like nowadays, even in Isekai anime, they're trying to like insert that one episode that's like, oh, and here's why this happened, blah, blah, blah. And they just yeah. do some really quick flashback story of some random character that you didn't know until two episodes ago. And now all of a sudden you're supposed to feel bad and you're supposed to cry. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, what do you think? What do you think? I'm some kind of fucking yutz that I cry all the time, which I do. That doesn't. That, first of all, that's none of your business. Okay. Number, I cry when I I cry when I cry, and I'm gonna cry when I'm gonna make me cry. You're not gonna make me cry. I'm gonna cry when my cat looks at me. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. So I'll put it at the bottom of bad. I'm close to you. I put it. I I put this in worst. I I I think Oof. that for Damn. me, cry porn. Um, similarly, there's nothing wrong with crying. And in fact, I think some of the most emotionally impactful anime I've ever experienced are the ones that don't try hard to get me to cry. Like as soon as you feel that, that, that forced cry moment or whenever the, the anime is trying so obviously to get you to feel some sort of emotion, it just becomes so disingenuous that I'm like, I don't want to cry anymore because you've just ruined the mood by trying to make me cry when it's not something that I would naturally do given the circumstances. So I feel like that to me just, it, it ruins the story to a certain degree. And on top of that, I, I feel like, as I mentioned earlier, like I feel like 80% of slice of life anime are now in this like cry porn territory where they're just trying to win some clout by being the saddest anime that's come out in recent time versus just being a genuinely good story where you get so connected to these characters and so invested in the world and in the story where it 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 naturally draws out those emotions and then you naturally cry because you're so connected to it. So I just, I don't know, it, it, it irks me so bad. And the second I feel that forced, you know, emotion or the, the forced storytelling come through, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of, I'm kind of checked out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like one, one that, that was kind of giving me those vibes was um, the pancreas movie. I want to eat your pancreas. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but I didn't cry and I didn't feel like I wanted to cry because it felt like from the beginning of the the story, like that's what that's what they were trying to do the whole time was just make me sad. I don't want to be forced to be sad. I wanted like naturally feel sad about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I guess like for me, I haven't watched many slice of life anime that have like I've seen this trope a lot of. Uh, I, I have watched like with you. I watched um want to eat your pancreas and a lot of these other anime films where it. Yeah, it does kind of, it's sad enough where it wants to elicit an emotion from you. But I, for me, I, I would put this under acceptable tropes because, again, the ones that I've watched, it felt like the the emotion like just comes naturally. Sure. And I'm also just a sucker for emotional stories. Like I'll even, like my, I'll well up with tears when I watch those 
I think it's like Asian commercials where there's oh my god, <laughs> and then they they advertise a bank or whatever. <laughs> um, Fucking Thai insurance commercials, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but I think if as long as it doesn't feel forced on me, like I I'm fine with that, and like I'm trying to think of an anime where like it elicited so much cry for like i i, <laughs> I don't want to spoil this for you Sam, but there there are moments in hunter hunter where like it, it does draw that emotion out of you but i, I never find it oh yeah i've annoying. heard i've heard yeah but <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it, it just depends on on the type of per- like how emotionally resonant you are as a person that's the so. best type of cry porn is again like hunter hunter does not look like in any way shape or form an extremely emotional anime but and it's not even the core of the story but they get you so invested in what's going on that you do end up feeling extremely emotional when certain things happen like that's how you do that right and and even if the whole premise of the movie is you know sick character who will eventually pass away as long as it doesn't feel like that's what they're focusing on like just you know they're just trying to focus on something else and this is kind of like a a, a subplot that's going on mm-hmm. then i feel like it works out a little bit better but when it's like straight up in your face you're gonna cry by the end of this movie kind of shit i'm like well no no i'm not <laughs> and right. i will be like yeah i, I probably will I <laughs> right and that's why that's where like shonen and shoujo can get away with it right because there's so many episodes where they mm-hmm. can make you invested in characters and stuff and like yeah chapter 81 82 of one piece started to bring it up again but like you know like that's where you figure out nami's kind of backstory and and all that stuff and that's like i welled up a little bit i was like damn but like i do want to mention too speaking of anime brothers because that's where i met well, online met courtney and carl was on their one of their episodes the first episode of anime brothers i was on was we were talking about like hard-hitting moments i don't even think i brought up like a a drama movie or show at all i think i brought up other stuff you know so um i think i even brought up attack on titan like because there was the scene where aaron you first figure out that aaron is the attack titan and he pops out the back of it and mikasa is like bawling and hugging him on top of the back of the titan and that part got me, man, because, like, how much she cares for him. And, you know, right. like, she thought she failed him. She thought he was dead. And then she's like, oh, thank God. You know, like, fuck. Yeah. You know? So, but, yeah, I actually cried on that episode. That's how much I cry. Like, I cried on that. <laughs> you can you can audibly hear me, like, like crying. But, yeah. <laughs> and they left it in there, and I'm glad they did because, like, that was the whole point of the episode. But, yeah, no. I would say, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, good old cry porn. Well, I'm glad now, Carl, that you know what cry porn is. So you don't need to Google it anymore. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you could have just asked me too. Like we, we're here in the same house. You probably just could have come over and be like, "What's cry porn?" No, I'm here looking at you like, what, what kind of porn is? Yeah, this? I'm gonna see. Like, I'm gonna open up your browser and then I'm gonna be like, "What the fuck is what this? What is this? Why is she crying?" <laughs> Um, All right, so the next trope on the list is filler episodes and non-canon movies. Mm. Oh, boy. Sam, what what do you think about this one? (laughs) Well, I think if it's a movie, it's fine. Um, I think uh, during the show, not so much. Uh, Yeah. During the show, so, so I mean, like, 
Like, okay, so Dragon Ball Z, right? And Dragon Ball movies. Those are non-canon. Um, with the exception of the two last Dragon Ball Z movies they did, which was uh, Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F. Those are technically canon because they were retold in Super. Um, and then the latest Super movie is also canon. Um, but, yeah, non-canon movies are fine. I think they're fine. Filler episodes during the show? No. Don't do that to me. Because I don't... Number, okay, <laughs> number one, I, I don't got time, okay? I got things to do. Yeah. Okay? I got to do laundry. I got to feed... <laughs> I got to feed Smokey, okay? <laughs> At some point in the day, I would like to, like, have sex, okay? Like, I, <laughs> I'm a fucking whore, and... And I just need some. I need to get. I need to get dick down once in a while. Okay, <laughs> so you know I don't got time for that. You know what I mean? And I, I gotta run to the. Okay, you know Carl, I gotta run to the store. Okay, I gotta get milk, <laughs> eggs, right. comic books. Okay, so I don't got time. So I would put this. Mm, I'll put it. I'll put it. You know what? I'll put it top of annoying above plot armor, because. Mm. And 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 the worst perpetrator of this and else is is I hear people tell me it's One Piece, but I will disagree. I will say it's Naruto. Naruto. I've heard and, that. Yeah, I, Naruto and Dragon Ball Z is also a really bad perpetrator of it, but they don't have that much of it. So like, um, Dragon Ball Z had more has non-canon movies than non-canon episodes. So which is the Garlic Saga, and then. Um, the episode where the like some of the episodes before the androids like where they're getting the driver's license and some dumb shit um but like that that's it so i would say top of annoying i wouldn't say you know what actually i might put it at the bottom of bad i'm gonna put it at the bottom of bad because oh. like even the movies right you can watch those when you want to so it's fine so enjoy that whenever on your own time whenever the hell right it doesn't matter but when it's in the middle of your show that's that's terrible. I don't want that. So yeah. I, w- I would say I would say bad. It's a bad trope, and it's fine if it's entertaining, right? And if it if it brings some relevance in some weird way, then it's okay, you know. But like, and if it's entertaining, it's fine. I wouldn't say worse because if I put it in worse, that means I don't want it ever. But like, I would say it's bad because I don't want it. If I have to have it, it has to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I put mine in worst, but Ooh. let me re- let me think this. Let me let me talk out loud here for a second. So I'm I'm similar to you, Sam, where I'm like, don't don't fucking waste my time. Like just don't. Like I think the the most egregious like waste of time moment I've ever had watching an anime anything was the second My Hero movie. I guess semi light spoiler, probably big spoilers for for that second movie. I loved it. I loved that movie. And then at the end, they're like, "Yeah, it's not canon." Like they do one little thing that basically says, "Yep, not canon. You're never gonna see this again." And I'm like, "Then why? Why did I waste my time? I got so <laughs> excited. I got so invested. I'm like, this is gonna be such a cool plot point, and we're never gonna see it again." Because they were like, "No, we're just we're just gonna change all of that." <laughs> like I don't I want I don't want to describe it in too much detail, but that just irked me so bad. And I, I think with there are some cases where 
like filler episodes can be enjoyable um, because you get to see maybe like the characters place in a very unique situation that they wouldn't normally be in in the main plot line um, or they you know you see, get to see like certain character relationships um, build a little bit more through these filler episodes but for me I, I would rather just get right down to the root of it and just watch the core show and maybe find other opportunities to infuse those character building moments or whatever that you would get from a filler episode through the main plot line. Um, Cause I just feel like, I don't know. I just, I, I sit there through a filler episode and I get so excited. And then afterwards I'm like, but it doesn't make a fucking difference. <laughs> Nothing's going to change at the end of the day. They're probably never going to reference this ever again. So it's like, did it even happen? And I think what also gets me is, I feel like this is on the same level as like recap episodes and recap episodes or recaps at the beginning of episodes are one of the things that I hate the most in anime. So it's just, it's that waste of time that really, really gets me. So I'm going to keep it at worst. I, I could easily do without filler episodes and non-canon movies. Because when I go through Mal and I, I try to figure out like, you know, OVAs or movies that I want to watch for a show. I'll check the discussions first and I'll confirm whether or not it's considered filler or non-canon before I even put it on my mail or, or, you know, devote my time to it. So yeah, there you go. I, I convinced myself to keep it in worst. So it's, it's staying in worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put my, or I put filler episodes and non-canon movies in bad tropes. Uh, thinking more so with, um, movies out like, like Courtney mentioned, I, the, the, the best example, the best worst example of this is the My Hero movies. I thought, you know, like all three of them, like they were pretty much non-canon. And like, I, I think in terms of like, I wasted my money watching these movies because- Oh yeah, we were, saw them in theaters. Yeah, they were essentially <laughs> like like a cash grab. And like thinking of it in this that sense, like that's why I think it, it's a, a terrible thing because um, it's it's these- companies that just they, they realize the hype of of these franchises of these series and they just want to milk up <laughs> milk more money out of us and we fall for it just because we because we we're these. anime fans right <laughs> uh and i guess like i didn't put it at worst because sometimes with, with certain these movies like it's just nice to get other content from from these things um but yeah i think time is the the deciding factor of of this trope um filler episodes same same thing like i i would rather spend my time really getting story progression rather than these one-off one-off episodes that really bear have no bearing on what's going on and i remember hearing like i courtney and i haven't watched naruto yet but i was reading like an article or saw something on the internet where it was like a guy stitched together naruto for his girlfriend to watch and removed all the filler content and i was like then then why have the filler content in the first place but um that's a lot right yeah, there what well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very hardcore dedication um i guess the completionist in me like i'll i'll still sit through that just because i want to in, engulf my time in as much of the series as possible but yeah i've I'll always know that it's it's going to be a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's the downside with filler episodes. 
Um, so the the next trope that we have, oh God, the next one we have on the list is unnecessary or accidental fan service. All right. So not just like all fan service, but specifically the the unnecessary or accidental fan service, however you would define that. Um, Sam, where would this one land on your list? Accidental. So in the show or... Yeah, so um, like those moments where character cliche, falls over and yeah, like you see he, guy her. falls over and like has his hand on the girl's tit, like he uses the tit to break his fall, basically, <laughs> like that kind of stuff, like the accidental pervert. Okay, so it de- it really depends on how you do this. It if it because so, sometimes it's a legit accident, right? Okay, like somebody left a bucket in the middle of the floor, they trip on the bucket. Okay, whatever. Um, you know, by no fault of the character, right? Now, if the character is a complete fucking yutz and <laughs> is just like, okay, nobody is that dumb, right? Like, you know what I mean? Um, one very bad example one of the horrible perpetrator of this is Tajina Senpai. And this this was an etchy anime, so it's meant to be fan service. It's just pure fan service. That's all it is. It's etchy. Um, the reason why it was like, kind of almost unwatchable was because like in japan like g- girls high school girls in japan try really hard to make sure when they're sitting and standing up that their skirt doesn't fly up in any way shape or possible okay like that's just how it is okay that's that's how it is for most women who wear skirts anywhere right mm-hmm. so unless you're fucking making porn uh but like <laughs> um carl uh, but you know, like, <laughs> um, but like into Gina Senpai, she would just like be bending over to pick something up and it would just go whoop. And it was just like, okay, that's no, that's dumb. Like, yeah. you know, like they didn't try hard at all to like make something happen. It was just like, she blinked and her skirt fly flew up. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, it was, it was dumb. Um, that didn't actually happen, but like that's how it like that's how easy it was for them to make it happen. Um, other than that, accidental fan service on its own is like, I don't know. I would say, um, yeah, that is really weird. I the whole falling over on top of somebody and then accidentally having your hand on a no no part that is pretty stupid because you're not gonna put your freaking hand out. To land, I would like to think that right. when most people fall, they put their hand out towards the ground, and yeah. and and not have it on top of somebody or something. You know what I mean? Like I think most people are quick enough to like be like, "Oh no, if I have my hand here while I'm falling, I'm going to punch her in the face." Yeah, right. Because yeah. think about that, right? Like landing on someone's boob, like, ow, dude. Like, that's, you know what I mean? You'd like probably crack a rib yeah, or you're something. pushing them into the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, a, I would say this is bad. I would say bad. Um, When when skirts fly up and things like that, I like it. Like, I like etchy, right? Like, you know, I'm horny that way. But, like, <laughs> I would say, you know what? I almost would put this, hmm. It, so the unnecessary part, what, what would you define as unnecessary? Um, I think if like, so there is some fan service, depending on the context, like it makes sense. It's when it just comes from out of nowhere and it's not an etchy. So like etchy, you're going to have that, that 
fan service that comes out of nowhere. But sometimes in anime, it just shows up and you're like, why? Oh, why? Why was okay. that a thing? <laughs> yeah. It's like Maki from, or not Maki. Is it Maki? I don't remember her name. But the one girl in um, uh, Fire Force. It's oh, with always, the tits everywhere? <laughs> it's always that one girl. Yeah. Her yeah. clothes fly <laughs> off. And it's like, what? Yeah. Stupid. It's like you're looking at the, the, the tags and you're like, this isn't an etchy. There's no etchy tag here. Why, why is this showing up now? <laughs> right, right. No, I would, you know what? I'll put this at the top of bad, actually. Yeah. Because like, okay, so like if you're going into a fan service show, knowing it's fan service, and they're, they're going to have those moments, then it's fine. But like in any other show, like in Fire Force, when they do this, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, and you expect most anime to have at least one or two moments like this, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, there's there's plenty of other anime out there where like, okay, so one this season, uh, the Skeleton Knight Isekai one. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Oh, Skeleton Knight in Another World, Gaikotsu yeah. Kishisama. Yeah, it's the the an- the anime starts off right away with. Uh, some bandits about to like sexually assault these like girls. What the fuck? <laughs> and then the night, the night, the sk- main guy, overpowered skeleton knight man Johnson, comes in and cut, <laughs> cuts all the bad guys in half. Now, like, did you really need that? Couldn't they just have been robbing them like they were gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like you didn't need the the yeah, you didn't need that. And it even had like you know like oh you saw like you saw like side boob and all the other stuff like the, the 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 positions that the girls are in and everything didn't need that you could have just you could have just been like they could have just been bandits who were like gonna rob them and kill them like okay like we got our swords up to your necks and some arrows point at you give us all your loot we know you're the queen of whatever fucking kingdom blah blah and then the knight comes in kills everyone gg sneeze right gg nori but like yeah that sexual like it didn't need to be sexual assault it just didn't need to be you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm looking at the genres right now, and it doesn't have an etchy tag. So you're probably watching it thinking, like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, yeah. So, like, it just didn't need that. You know what I mean? So uh, I w- I'll say bad. Yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I put it in bad as well. Like, unless it's an etchy, and as we talked about, you know right away what you're getting into. Um, I, sometimes I just can't help but hard eye roll some of the ridiculous ways they insert the fan service. Like, I I love fan service. I, I love it because when it's done well, it's really good, especially for romance anime. Like that that I think could almost enhance certain, you know, situations um in that in those types of stories. But accidental fan service is usually so unbelievable that it's hard to get behind and actually breaks my immersion a little bit. Like going back to the whole guy falling on top of girl and, and breaking his fall with her tits. I would rather see him full-on body slam her because that's realistically what's going to happen when you fall on top of someone. Like, she's probably going to have a bloody nose and he's probably going to be, like, you know, smushing her to death because he's probably all on top of her. But, no, like, when you break the fall with the tits and then, like, not only that, but they linger there. Like, they realize what's happening. They're like, oh, oh, shit, I fell on top of you. And then, like, they pan out and you see, like, the hand on the boob and then they just continue to stare at each other. And then I'm like, you wouldn't just linger with your hand on the tit. You would immediately pull your hand back and be like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. So it's just, it's so... It's so over the top where I'm like, this would never happen. And if it did, it would never happen in this way. So for me, this stuff's like 
bad trope level, I would say. Yeah, I I, I put this one um, under annoying trope, but like above talking during fights, so kind of between bad and annoying. Uh, the the one example I can think of in recent memory is we actually watched this yesterday. Um, summertime rendering there's one moment of fan service in there where it was really like did that need to happen it didn't need to happen (laughs) then like later on you find out that there is actually context to why they show that fan service but um it it, it was really reaching um but i feel like for when this shows up in in anime that aren't considered etchy like it's i've as long as it's like once or twice that I'm fine. Like I'll, I'll have that like eye roll moment, but if it just keeps going, like as long as it moves on, like it, it, they just acknowledge it and then move on, I, I'll be fine with it. I feel like some some romance anime, I get, like when when fan service is done well, it's done very very well. Like there are some non edgy romance anime out there where like the fan service you suddenly get like all this like great sexual tension or just like something happening where Mm. you just root even harder for the two characters to get together and probably fuck at some point. So I'm just like, it's, it's great stuff, but when it's just out of left field and you're left wondering, why did I need to see that? How did that help the story at all? Then it's just, then it's just bad. It's just bad. All right. So moving on to the next one on the list here, the next trope we have unrealistic high schoolers with some explanation That's here. So all of anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is when high schoolers do the impossible for someone their age or when they don't need to be high schoolers in a given situation. Like the best example that comes to mind is like Lelouch from Code Geass. He was a high schooler. Did he need to be a high schooler? Probably not. So that's what I mean by like unrealistic high schoolers. That's like the best way I could I could describe that. Um, but Sam, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, this one for me personally is a is dependent on what you're watching. Um, again, just because like um, so like one example right is Tenjo Tenge, which the show was pretty bad. Um, the manga is way better from what I hear, which I will read at some point. Um, but the, they go, so the, the main high school of, of that take, that Tenjo Tenge takes place in, there's like different clubs and each club specializes in a martial arts and like they fight each other. They use, they use key and chi and all that stuff. They're like, these kids are extraordinarily strong. Um, that's, that's the world they built. That's how it is. Okay. Um, my hero is the same way, right? They each have a quirk. Oh, yeah. And they're divided into different classes where like their quirk could be used for this purpose. Then you have the B class, which is like they could be used for this purpose in society. Whatever. Okay. That's the world they built. That's fine. And then you have like a lot of romance, for example. Like uh Horimiya was like a realistic teenage romance, right? And then you have ones like Citrus, where it was like, oh, she's my stepsister kind of shit. <laughs> and I'm not saying that doesn't happen IRL. I'm just saying, let's keep it there. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. That's that's just like this. All, Citrus also falls into the unnecessary fan service, too. You know, um, this could even go back all the way to Super Cub, too. Like, why was that girl by herself? Like, it's her parents. Like, she lived in a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment, you know? Um, I'm trying to think. 
I, I avoid a lot of shows like this, so it's kind of like, um, hmm. Oh, No Game, No Life. That's a bad one. Oh, yeah. I actually just finished that two days ago. I, I like it because it's like, you know, the animation for number one is really nice. Um, and the, the, the games they play in it and how they tell, execute those stories are fucking awesome. But like, these kids are way too badass for being kids. Like, they're just like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, come on, dude. You, you're just some nerdy kids who played video games and now all of a sudden you're in this world where you could potentially die, but you're suddenly like, I don't know. You, you you were not you were not man enough that man enough IRL like you were not that badass IRL so like it just seems weird um I don't know I guess you know what this one actually doesn't bother me too much I don't think just because I don't know it's kind of like you're watching anime you you probably know it's gonna be ridiculous I think but like I can't even think of any others where that was. I, I probably could once you and Carl go I'm gonna be like oh yeah never mind <laughs> but um yeah you know what I'll put this in annoying I'll put it in I won't say acceptable because when it is one where it it does bother me I I will no, notice it right away so yeah I'll put it in annoying okay I I I put this one in worst um I I'm I'm kind of a realist like I I need to sure. do a decent amount of suspending my disbelief when watching anime, which is fine. Um, I know I have to do that most of the time, but it's really hard to pretend like a high schooler has the like the experience and the maturity level to do something like running a fucking company, like that one girl in Wonder Egg Priority, or taking over the fucking world like Lelouch from Code Geass. Like I just, I to me, most of the time, you you could just easily solve this problem by making them the appropriate age like they don't need to be in high school to go through these events sometimes they do but most of the time they don't need to um and them them being that young like offers no significance to the story it's probably just mostly relatable for the audience who typically is going to be a younger crowd so i'm like why not just make them young adults in their 20s or 30s and even if there's like some sort of you know, um, emotional journey they need to go on as like a young person that goes hand in hand with this, you can still experience that when you're in college or when you're in your early 20s. So to me, I just like I it's when when I tune into a new anime and I'm like, this is a really cool plot. And the first thing I see is, oh, yeah, we're we're in high school or sometimes even middle school. I'm like, no, why? You know what? Tokyo Revengers is a is a good All example right, of that. They're in middle they're school. They're in middle school. Right? And they oh, look like they're the... fucking 40 years old. <laughs> like, yeah, how Draken how is this a, possible? Yeah, Draken has already dropped his, his balls with his voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, they do not need to be middle schoolers. Like, they probably shouldn't even be high schoolers. They could just be like a young gang that's in like their 20s or something because they've got motorcycles and they're smoking cigarettes and shit um like i don't i don't know like it was a great show i enjoyed it but i that was the one part i was like they don't need to be in middle school and every time they they mentioned being in middle school i just kind of rolled my eyes so yeah for me it's it's one of the the worst tropes i think um what would i put i i'll put this one in annoying but above um, unnecessary or accidental fan service. Uh, I feel like it's like you have all of these anime where it's it's all pretty much like teenage characters, and I think it it just boils down to anime appealing to that demographic, the the shonen and such. Uh, I'm just thinking of like 
to the uh bring up high school of the dead like you have those students that, oh yeah like they grab all these weapons i know the one one guy with the glasses like he's proficient with his weapons because he's i think he's played video games and understands how to load and reload and such but then you have all, all these other girls who or other students who have katanas and then one that just knows how to snipe precisely it's like where did you learn those skills you don't learn that in school yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of school you go to but wait so uh, if if they weren't in high school what would you title it instead of high school of the dead just people of the dead <laughs> <laughs> um university of the dead <laughs> uh, or even thinking of like i know this isn't a high school anime but attack on titan the the scouts the, they they all sign up to 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 battle titans or, or go outside the walls when they're like what 15 16 or whatever okay that's different that's different man that's different like because okay like <laughs> and not not that it was okay but you know like that's mm-hmm. what they did in the 70s for the vietnam war and stuff yeah um it's true in this world in the attack on titan world like um you know what the fuck are you gonna do you know <laughs> like there's fucking mm-hmm. Um, but no, I get, I get you. I get you still. No, I, I, yeah, no, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. Cause I think something about Attack on Titan, like the, the, the dire situation that they're mm-hmm. in, it's almost like they have to recruit any able body that they can, which is why they need to recruit them so young. But sometimes yeah. it is tough because they are so young when you're watching them go through these things. Yeah. And I, I guess it's more so like, um, like how they suddenly get their, their prowess in like going through the air. And I, I understand like they, they have the cadet training, but, it's like these 15, 16 year olds are swinging through the air. Like Mikasa is just slashing through Titans. And I know the caveat is like she's, she's, she's an, an Ackerman. Ackerman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but if I were like, imagine when I was 15, 16, I was like, I, I don't think I could use ODM gear or, or blades like that. I'd probably just drop them <laughs> every time <laughs> I tried to fight a Titan. So, but I think it, with this trope, it just comes with the territory of, of watching these anime. Like you have to, realize that you know they're going to be so they're going to be students or high schoolers and they'll just slap this random age on them despite them having like powers skills and abilities closer to someone who's probably in their 20s or 30s yeah yeah um i don't know man it just it irks me every time the next one doesn't irk me as much i'll, I'll say but this one I think is pretty divisive depending on the type of anime fan that you are. <laughs> and that is beach episodes uh, and beach episodes. <laughs> I, I picked this one cause it can span across all genres, even when it doesn't make a lot of sense. So Sam, what are your, what are your thoughts on beach episodes in anime? Good tropes. <laughs> <laughs> Good tropes, baby. <laughs> No, I agree with you there, actually. I, I <laughs> you guys are the good trouble to camp? Okay, okay. Because, like, uh, here's why. Number one, I'm horny. Number two. <laughs> number two, I'm attracted to everyone and everything. So why wouldn't I want to see my husband and wife who getting it on in their swim trunks and bikinis? Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. That's getting a good point. The, getting in the sand, getting in the sand. But no, here's what here's what else too. Here's what else too. I'll say this. Um the beach episodes um you're seeing especially in anime that are kind of serious, you know, they're actiony or serious or whatever. You're finally getting to see these characters relax somewhat and be goofy and happy 
And uh, sometimes it's kind of a relief after some traumatic shit you just seen. <laughs> now, like, you know, I understand that a lot of people will probably see it as, like, just purely fan service or whatever. Um, but I think that's kind of a... That's kind of nice, too, you know? Because, like, for shows that aren't fan servicey and they do a beach episode, this is their way of being fan servicey for just one episode. Yeah. Just one. And then we go back to business. And that's okay. Sometimes you need to relax a little bit, okay? And, uh, you know, get your willies out, you know? You got to... <laughs> you know what I mean? Just free willy. Free willy, yeah. And... And I, yeah, I'm all about it. I, I, I love them. I, I think beach episodes are fine. And not every anime needs it, you know. And not every anime has it, so it's okay. I think it's, I think it's perfectly fine. The amount, the amount we have, you know. Now, if you're watching an anime where most of it takes place on the beach anyway, then that's a win for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I think, yeah, no, I think beach episodes are fine. I, I put it in good tropes. I think it's fine. Okay, I. I put it in annoying tropes because I could go either way. Um, you know, fuck you, Courtney. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> I don't want to take away anyone's beach episode, but if it doesn't show up in an anime, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like to me, the only time it really makes sense is in your typical slice of life anime, where yes, they would logically go to the beach or the pool or whatever. But sometimes I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like the most recent like thing i recall about a beach episode um and me not understanding why it was there was i think my hero season five there was that random beach episode with like the girls like uraraka and what's her name suit the the, the frog uh, one frappy to you yeah whatever the fuck i don't know um with frappy and to like first of all that was the worst episode of the season well it was meant to promote the movie i think but yeah which yeah. is also why it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> but the second like i just it came out of nowhere and it was in the middle of just like I don't know, like they were on some missions and stuff and they even had to leave the beach to go on a mission. Like, why? Like, why not just make it a full blown beach episode with everybody so that we can see the guys and the girls in their their swim attire? Um, but yeah, I just felt like totally out of left field for an anime that could have easily made it feel very natural. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm out on the fence on this one because I, I do sometimes enjoy the beach episode. And to your point, sound like sometimes it is a nice change of pace um, where you can get some fan service in an otherwise not fan service-y anime like Hyoka is one I recall because the OVA I think was like the pool episode and oh, there was Hyoka some, dude it's I was surprised at the level of fan service in that OVA um, but it makes sense because it was like it was like their moment to do that because it would not have fit in the like the main show. So I was like, okay, I, I can appreciate that. So for me, it's annoying just because I could go either way. Sometimes it's done really well, and sometimes it feels super super forced. Um, but you know, don't again, I don't want to take away anyone's beach episodes. You know, I'm I'm, I'm good with that. That's fine, <laughs> dude. No, yoga, man, it's a, dude. It's a yeah. good trope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yoka is so good, man. Tatsuya Sato is a great animator a great key animator and in betweener yeah. and they just killed it in that one. Um, yeah, that was a good anime. Violet Evergarden is other cuts they've done if if you guys like Violet Evergarden, but Yeah, that was good too. I don't think there was a beach episode in Violet Evergarden, but like, you know, that one I could have taken one. That's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kill Annie is just really good. But yeah, like Yeah. No, yeah, I'd say good trope and uh yeah, let me see Let me see them in swim trunks real quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
I, I, I put in good tropes and, and sums pretty much hit, the, hit all the major points. Like sometimes you just need that, that sort of fluff, especially if you've had like anime yeah. that are just hitting too hard in the emotions and you just want to reel it back a bit. Or even in Slice of Life. I know that's like the most common thing is to have a beach episode in like a, a slice of life. episode. Oh, yeah, a yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of feels just like a like having a, a Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in, in a sort of way, and and just seeing characters outside of their normal elements um, in the beach elements is just a nice change of pace. But only for like again, just one episode. I know like beach episodes can kind of be filler episodes but this is one filler episode that i could deal with okay okay um the next one is i think probably a little more specific to shonen anime but it is shouting attack names um which extends as far back as i can recall from my anime days i mean this is like a staple of anime um but sam where would you place shouting attack names on your list go trope good trope here's why if I'm about to die, I want to know how you killing me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, no, I. This is one of those things uh, where I know that it's ridiculous. I know it's kind of goofy, but I just love it. And it, like, I would I would put it in acceptable or good, and I'm putting it in good because of my bias, and I'll put it in acceptable. Because it, it, I, I don't know. Like it really, it, it's really not that. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything to the story, nor take it away. So I don't really, or it doesn't make the character sound worse, or make the character sound better. You know what I mean? So like, in some instances, I like where they kind of make fun of it. Like where they're fighting a character, right? And then they sh- they're shouting the attack names, and then like the hero will point out, "Wow, the dude, this guy really shouts his attacks!" Like seriously, like, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of funny to me. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I, 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 I like it. I like it, and it's also probably because like there are moments where you can make it sound super badass for sure. Um, and I think one of the sorry to bring up Dragon Ball Z again, but like. You know, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, I think they're the kind of people who made it popular in anime, whereas before what made it popular was, like, um, big robots, hero, uh, or kaiju, or sentai shows. Those are what kind of started them, you know? And then what made it big in anime, I think, was Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. Um, In Sailor Moon, it's kind of, like, a part of it. You know what I mean? That's kind of... um, because each sailor scout is pertinent to the planet that they're getting their power from, right? So, like, um, you know, Uranus had, like, Earth shaking, and then Neptune had deep submerge, right? Because their power is from Neptune. And, you know, things like of that nature. And then with, um, with Dragon Ball Z, they didn't really need to shout it, and oftentimes they don't shout it. Um, but I feel like, so one, and I'll just say this, for people who don't know. Um, and I'm not... I haven't studied martial arts in a long time, okay? So, forgive me. But um, one thing that they do teach you in... And in Japan, when you're in a, a karate class or uh, um, uh, other class, other kinds of martial arts that require require it, is shouting. Like, they, they tell... Like, there's 
there's reasons for it. There's reasons for you to shout. And part of it is um, you're storing up energy from... So when you throw a punch, okay, really quick for people who don't know, which I would assume most people know, but I, I could be wrong. But when you're when you're throwing a punch, okay, you don't just throw your arm. You are moving. You are moving from your literally your toe touching the ground to the bottom of your foot to your ankle to your knees to your shins to your knees to your thighs to your hips to your pecs to your shoulder and then to your arm to your forearm, to your fist. That's how you throw Mm. a punch. So it has to come from the bottom up, okay? When that, when your body is, when your brain is sending the kinetic energy, the signal down to your foot to go all the way up through your body like that, you just got to shout. Because, and you'll, you'll often hear it when you're watching a boxing match, you'll hear one of the, one of the fighters throw a punch and you hear, or even MMA, you'll hear him go, Oh yeah. 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 Same thing. Because you as as your body is making the motion, it contracts a little bit. So it's good to shout. And as you're using key energy or in this case, like in a realistic sense, you know, contracting your body, it's good to shout and breathe out and exhale, okay? Like if you take a breath, you don't hold it, you exhale. Like you inhale and then you exhale. That's how it works. So if I'm going to, like, punch, right, you know, ha, it feels better. It feels mm-hmm. – I, I, and I want you to try it when you when we're done recording. Literally just <laughs> try it. Just try throwing a punch without without shouting and then do it with shouting and tell me which feels better. I guarantee you it will feel better when you're shouting. Yeah, I feel like it's – um. I've heard that, too, with, like, swearing. Like, if you swear while you're getting – you're getting punched or punching, like – it when helps. you're experiencing pain or something. Yeah, it helps you like release the emotion that comes with that action. So yes, I can, I can kind of yeah, I can see yeah. see that now with your with your. That was a great like martial arts one hundred and one lesson, by the way. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they do. I never thought about it. they do like they do shout like when you watch like I don't know something on YouTube of like somebody performing martial arts in front of an audience like they're they're shouting they're making noise and yeah that that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so in terms of shouting attack names, there's a way to animate it or make it look sound really cool. You know, like I'll never I'll never get over being in love with Deku screaming, you know, Detroit Smash 100%. Like I'll never get over that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. He sounds badass. He's yelling, he's screaming. It's, you know, in Sword Art Online, it made sense cuz they're in the game, right? So like when Kirito does the Starburst stream for the first time, he kind of like mumbled it to himself and then did it, which was kind of badass. Um, I don't know. I like it. I, I know it's gonna. It sounds ridiculous to most people, but like it, it hits all the right notes for me. You can make it comedic. You can make it badass. You can make it dramatic. You know what I mean? It's it 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 works for me no matter how it's used. In my opinion. Yeah, and I, I'm similar. I put it under acceptable only because like I don't need it. Um, and if it's not there, which sometimes, especially in, in more recent anime, sometimes it's not there, then I'm okay. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of value that, that comes with that, um, especially when a character has so many different types of attacks and you're not familiar with the animation that goes along with the attack. So them saying it and specifying which attack it is really helps you to kind of like keep all that straight. Um, some attacks are iconic as well, like Kamehameha 
Kamehameha or like now with Demon Slayer and the different breathing techniques because hmm. they're fucking mouth breathers. Like that that really, <laughs> that's really becoming a thing too is you, you always want to, you know, when you think Demon Slayer, you think about their different, you know, elemental techniques that they're using. Yeah, for um, form, water breathing. Or, you know, yeah. Whatever. And I think there's also like, I think you mentioned this, there's that hype factor that comes with a character yelling their attack name. Like in JoJo, Obviously, they're not yelling attack names; they're they're yelling stand names. But there's you know there's still something to that that um, to that effect where you hear like sticky fingers and you immediately think like Bucharity is about to whoop you with a fucking zipper. Like it's it's great. And we find ourselves sometimes when we're drinking with our friends, we'll play like a drinking game where everyone has to name an attack or shout an attack. And there's so many just iconic ones that come up when you when you stop and think about it. Because they are constantly saying those attack names. But again, I put under acceptable just because, like, there are also times where you don't need attacks. Um, I think about the most recent season of Demon Slayer when Tengen is fighting. I mean, I don't think he says anything throughout the fight, but it's just as badass as if he were to say something. Um, and it just it, it amplifies that intensity. So I could go either way with it. So I'm, I'm going to stick with acceptable. I think that's a good place for me. Okay. Yeah, I put it in between. I put it in acceptable, but more so between acceptable and good. I think just shouting attack names is is one of the things that makes anime so iconic, and like people just use it in their everyday lives, talking with friends, as, as Courtney just just mentioned. Um, I think one of my favorite examples of this is with another my hero example is All Might. Uh, when he says the United States of Smash. Oh, that was so good. Even like just hearing the so voice good. actor. Yeah, yeah, putting his raw emotion into how he says that attack. It like I'm getting like chills down my spine just thinking about that scene. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, like sometimes I feel like there's like you have all these different power systems in anime. It's hard to just keep track of who has what attack, and they sometimes it just say like the most outlandish things. Especially because we just watched um, Mob Psycho 100, and yeah. you know, Reagan has a lot of random attacks <laughs> but even, even though those are hilarious but yeah i think like like i said like attack names in anime like they're synonymous and um yeah actually some when you mentioned like it when people if people were to do this in real life i imagine if someone's coming at me with like a baseball bat to my face and they say like home run swing like how it's just random that you just stand so... there and accept it you're like well you got me there yeah, i don't know like, at least I, I know i know what i'm about to like die from yeah i want to be killed by united states of smash right. like i would be okay with that i'd be like fuck fuck yeah let's go that's what i'm talking about dude that's what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, so next on the list, I'm excited for this one. Next on the list is the overly angry Sindere. And I'm I'm specifying overly angry because we're, we're talking one step beyond the regular Sindere. Because I feel like Dere Dere types, you know, they're in anime. They're, they're all good. But we're talking overly angry Sundares. Um, Sam, what are your thoughts on Sundares? Overly angry ones. Uh, I like them. Uh, but, like, they're really e- – so when you write them right – I think they're really easy to mess up. Yeah. Um, there's that there's a fine line between like really annoying and like really lovable. Like it makes sense for this character to be a Sundry. Okay, I love her. She's always fiery. She's hot headed. And then there's other characters where they do it, and it's like God, you're so annoying. Like. <laughs> so. Um, it's yeah. I, I think it's, and I think it's annoying. Um. 
I put it at bottom of annoying, maybe borderline acceptable. Um, because not not every anime needs it, okay? And then, w- but when you do do it, you better do it well. Otherwise, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah. yeah. I think, um, I think Bakugo is a good example because he's got development. I think Asuka is a good example because she, from Evangelion, because she that's part of her character in a sense. Like it's, it's kind of part of her backstory. Like she wants to be the best, you know, and at piloting Ava and doing all this stuff, even though she has no idea what she's really doing for this fucked up company. Right. But like, um, then there's other cases where it's like, they just put the, they just put a secondary character just to put one in there. And it's just like, okay, like that person's annoying. You know what I mean? So like, um, it has to work for the character. So, I put it in annoying, but like borderline acceptable annoying. Okay, I'm I'm close to you. I I put my okay. So to no one's surprise, I'm putting this in acceptable. If it were regular mm. Sunday, I would put it in good because I fucking love male Sunday characters. But the overly angry, overly violent Sundays, I put in acceptable, um, because I think that there's still like a great anime dede dede type but sometimes the violence or the anger could be like almost too much to your point Sam if they're not well written so I'll also bring up the example of Bakugo and I know JD from Anime Brothers always calls me out on this especially with Bakugo but with him he he can be overly angry or violent because he's never like it never turns off for him but there's nothing more satisfying than when you see him have his moments of character development or when you see him show his heart of gold or like with Kyo from Fruits Basket. Like he was a classic Sundere, but you watched him soften and show his good side through his relationship with Toru. And I'm like, let's fucking go. Like that stuff is so, so good to me. Like I, I just love seeing the power of something soften somebody who has like such a hard exterior. So I would say acceptable for the overly angry, just because sometimes when you're watching a Sunday beat the shit out of someone, you're like, well, I want to be on your side, but I don't know if I can, you know, justify this this particular action or this thing that you said. So I I feel like uh, that one I take a little bit of a step back when they're when they're a little too over the top. Yeah, yeah, I, I put mine in annoying, but closer to acceptable. Um, I think. The the one thing that just makes me annoyed with them is just that they're they're fucking loud. But as you <laughs> as you and Sam mentioned, like as long as there's they have some sort of character development, like I'm fine with those those brash moments of rage. Um, I even came. You helped me come to the realization that my one of my husbandos from JoJo Jotaro is a is a Sundere. Hell yeah! Part three in the beginning. My God, <laughs> he totally is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like. You know, as much as he he berates his mom and everyone around him, like he there's still a heart of gold under that. And even just thinking of um, Jean from Attack on Titan too, like he's not well, he's not overly Sundere. He's like so, classic Sundere. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really mind having these these Sundere's that have aggressive bouts of anger, um, just as long as it's within reason. Next up on the list. Um, next up on the list is one that I take personally sometimes, and that's when someone is over the age of 20 and considered old in anime, because apparently you're <laughs> ancient once you've graduated college, like your, your life is done once yeah, you're, once you're yep. out of college. <laughs> so yes, yeah, Sam, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is worst. This needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> 
because it just keeps reinforcing that idea that younger is better and then they're gonna keep like um it's one of those things that keeps people kind of in a mindset where like that's kind of gross you know it, it can it can not that it's gross right away it can just it can turn in it can put that idea in someone's mind and turn that person gross that you keep reinforcing the idea that younger is better right yeah and so i don't like that um and it's it's another one of those things exactly like what you were saying earlier about unrealistic high schoolers right where it's like if this in this situation if the girl if the girl or was in the situation and she was like 19 or 20 it wouldn't be that gross but like she's 15 and calling 21 year old people old and it's like dude (laughs) you're if if they're too old you're like you're like two so you should get out of here like you know what i mean (laughs) so like i don't know yeah i think it's dumb it's really stupid you can write great anime without having all the characters be fucking 15 16 17 you know what i mean so um that might go against some of the stuff i mentioned earlier i don't know but like uh i think it's dumb yeah 20 plus considered old is is a dumb thing stupid yeah yeah yeah, I, I put it in bad because um, I'm right there with you. I, I feel like it, it get, it's it's amplified or it's it's even worse when they comment on a 20-plus-year-old person also being unmarried or not having kids. And I'm like, what does that make? Like, what difference does that make? Like, in the real world, like, who cares? Like, everyone leads their own life at their own pace. And I just feel like there's, there's always, like, the whole, you know, you're old and then you also have, like, the single woman. It's like, oh, you're unmarried. You should feel ashamed of yourself. Or the, the guy who doesn't have any kids yet, like, you should feel ashamed of yourself. And it's just like, you, you're, like... 20 is so young like it's just it's so young 30 is so young and i feel like if you're if you're a 20 year old you still have no fucking clue what you're doing in the real world you're just getting your toes you know dipped in the water of of what the real world has in store for you so i don't logically understand how anime can consider that old and i honestly wish that we had more anime that followed like working adults or adults in general because i i do enjoy those stories but to your point, Tom, anime just always gravitates towards younger younger characters, which I think goes hand in hand with the other trope of unrealistic high schoolers. It's like all you had to do was make them young adults and this would have been far more realistic. But nope, they always kind of push the, the younger is better thing. Yeah, I put this in bad because it makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you, you consider me old now because I'm mid to late 20s. Like I'm still capable of things. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like, like I mean, there's some truth to like at, once you turn twenty and you're out of school or college or whatever, it's like where does my life go after this? There's nothing exciting. But I think it's just more so. <laughs> this feels um, like anime that pushed this. It it feels <laughs> ageist or something. <laughs> Honestly, it does. Yeah. <laughs> For real. But like well, the next one. Oh, I, was go ahead. Gonna, I was gonna mention that's why um you know Ashiki's cool because the main hero is an old guy. So like uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Yashiki. It's kind of it's kind of uh, violent, porny a little bit, but I really like it. It's really good. Yeah, it's nice when like the the main character is like an older per- not even the main character like when you just have like older characters. I know we keep talking about JoJo, but JoJo's a great example of this with Joseph. Like he ages with grace and he is still just as useful as he was before. Yeah, Jotaro makes fun of him cuz he's older and he's his grandpa, but 
like that's that's an example of a a perfectly capable useful character who is far over the age of 20 and i just feel like yeah when you when you nuke a character because they've aged at a certain point which is still technically young it's it's a little unfortunate or well, yeah. i'm reading now that uh levi from attack on titan like I, they're putting his age around 30 like <laughs> if i were 30 like and that and that's skilled like I would respect that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the same vein as the this previous trope is the next one, which is hundred year old lollies. This one, this one can get, uh, this one can get pretty, pretty fucking divisive. I think. Um, Sam, your thoughts on on hundred year old lollies? I okay. And my opinion on lollies in general has just changed often. Um, I've never been into them, um, but it's changed from hate to just dislike to whatever to hate again. You know what I mean? Um, the whole 100-year-old lolly thing, though, I wouldn't say it's worse. Like, I never want to see it again. Um, you know, it's fine. I'll, I don't – it doesn't make me – it doesn't turn me off of a show unless they center on that whole thing, I guess which normally when you have a 100-year-old lolly character, it doesn't. But, like, I still don't like it. I, th- I still think it's stupid. Um, so I'll put it at the top of bad. Um, I don't like... I, I just think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty stupid. Um, one bad example or one perpetrating example of this is uh, there's, for, from Tenjo Tenge again, the character Maya Natsume. Um, she's, like, 18, 19 years old. Um, but she 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 maintains this like childlike form to contain her chi because if she's like so like her being in her regular adult form, um, she's like really strong and she's like exceptionally strong. So she and she like has so much power that it like leaks out of her, you know. Um, so to keep that from happening, she. Uh, maintains this child form and it's like okay whatever like you know what I mean yeah. like, it's, <laughs> it's stupid and like it's when she went in her transfer her transformation scenes the first thing to transform is her boobs so she looks like this little girl with huge knockers oh my god and and I love Ilulu from Dragon Maid okay I love Ilulu she's cute She's funny. She's kind of a dork, right? Um, they, I'm I'm fine with a Lulu. I but like this thing from Tenjo Tenge is dumb, is stupid. Like it's yeah, I, no. You could have you could have came up with any other reason. Like you could have came up with any other way. It's like oh, to keep her from exerting her chi, she has to wear like this kind of headband or wear this like this kind of robe or whatever or something, you know, you could have done something different. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's like Cyclops, right? Like he has to wear glasses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like it could have been something like that. It didn't have to be this, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, no dumb. I'll I'll put it at the top of bad. I not worse. Like I never want to see it again. Cause like, obviously I don't care that much to get rid of it, but it's still stupid. I still think it's really dumb. 
I feel similarly where I'm like, I don't know. I, I could go either way. Just it, it really depends on the show and how yeah how the lolly's written and for what purpose the lolly is written. Because I think about um, Bisky from Hunter Hunter. Like that's I mm. I find her character funny because she's very open that she's like you know older but she's skilled she's like a knowledgeable person and then like we find out later that there's even more complexity to her appearance um but none of that ever feels like weird and so i'm like okay like i don't care that's fine um it's it's when it goes into the weird territory and i'm sure we all know what what that means um where i'm like okay i i probably don't need this like i i don't i don't want to you know be subjected to this so it it just it, it highly depends and i think that's why for me it falls under annoying because i'm like yeah it's it's dumb um it most of the time they don't need to to be in lolly form but if it's written well enough where you can understand it or there's some justification um then i i think i'm i'm okay with it yeah i i put this in annoying i'm not i'm actually not too familiar with this trope i think bisky from hunter hunter is the only example i've seen in the anime that I've watched. Um, so yeah, I, pretty much the same points that you and Sam made. As long as like there's a valid reason for it, I'm fine with it. But if it's if it goes in a in, into that other territory and then they just kind of slap this age on to make it like valid in a sense, then as an excuse, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, let let's move on from lollies and and into our next trope, um, which is slow burn romances. So essentially, when the anime makes you wait an eternity to finally see your favorite couple become canon. Um, Sam, where's this one landing on your list? Get rid of this. Worst show. <laughs> oh, no. Worst show. And here's here's why. Because. So first of all, I would love to see more anime where there's platonic relationships happening. Like, you know, maybe the one character is aromantic or ace in some way. And then the partner, like, is just, like, their best friend. Or, the, you know, they have a house together. I would love to see more of that, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. that's not the case. The case with most romance anime is two people falling in love and having the regular... the not not I shouldn't say regular, but, like, the 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 most common type of romance which is physical kissy feel you love you 5000 whatever except you're not doing any of that because number <laughs> 1 the guy's a fucking wussy <laughs> and and the girl is too embarrassed to show her fucking elbow <laughs> which like is fine if you're embarrassed to show your elbow and show some skin you don't need that to attract the dude. He's already into you. It's just that he's a fucking wuss. <laughs> I feel like you're describing Comey's. <laughs> can't communicate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Tadano is an idiot. Like I love. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He's so nice. He's a he's a perfect friend. He's down to to be with you, to support you, and listen to you. And it's hard because Comey can't communicate. Said the title. She can't communicate properly to him how it is, but it's so blatantly obvious to all the other characters around them that she's into him. And okay, so that one is okay. So that one is a little different, right? Because there's build up, right? We're building, we're building. We got a season uh-huh. two, we're building. Okay, cool. Badass, right? But like, okay, Horimiya, Ore Managatsuri, my love story, and um, 
some other ones I could think of, like, like the, the, they, they, they do it. They go there, right? Stranger by the Stranger by the Sea. We just watched that. Reviewed it. That's they go there. They, they, it happens. They're, they're kissing. Okay. I don't. I'm not saying I want to watch them do it. Okay. They don't need to be fucking. But like, oh my god, man, you can't fucking tell she's in love with you. <laughs> And I, and I and I'm I, I say that as a lesbian, okay? We're like the worst fucking perpetrators for not seeing that kind of stuff, right? Like, you know, like I, I you know, I've had many girls been like, "Hey, I like you," and I'll be like, "What does that mean?" You know what I mean? Like, I I I, mean, I say that I, that's why I know, right? That's why I know. You don't need to like show me 24 episodes of y'all having the best time of your lives, only to like touch hands and say, "Hey, I'm glad we're going to school together." Yeah, me too. God. i okay so i i completely hear all the points that you're making but i still put this under good trope because despite being a very impatient person i feel like the payoff when two characters you've been rooting for for like 24 fucking episodes finally get together is so good however what i would like to see more of is content after they've gotten together like once they're canon I, I want to be able to see them, like, experience a first date and kiss each other for the first time and, like, go through all the new honeymoon phase type of things. Because you go on this long-ass journey, they finally become a canon, and then the show ends before you really get to see them as a couple. Which is why, similar to what you said, like, Horimiya and um, My Love Story, like, all that stuff, it's so nice to be able to see some of that actual relationship activity go on. But I still do enjoy it at the end of the day because... When I go into a romance, I kind of already know what I'm getting into. And the payoff is just so, so great at the end of all of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I feel that. I feel that. Fuck you. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put this in um, I put this in good tropes just because that's the romantic in me. Like, I just love the, the buildup to... Uh, to these characters and the ultimate relationship, I, I feel like it's just too slow burn in anime for me to be comfortable with. But, you know, sometimes you just need that slow build up to the climax. <laughs> so that's particularly why I'm enjoying Komi this season, just because you're, you're getting more and more of that. Um, that that's going to be satisfying in Komi. When yeah. I, like, yeah, like that's going to be, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's, yeah, that's just the, the hopeless romantic in me, I guess. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, so we have two more tropes left. And the next one is overpowered characters. Not just main characters, but just overpowered characters in general in anime. Again, this is probably very specific to like the shonen genre. Um, but Sam, where where are you going to put this one on your tier list? Um, so this is actually my first one that I'm going to put in acceptable. Oh. Um probably teetering annoying maybe um you know what you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm audible <laughs> i'm audible I'm hold on a sec let's do this add row above and we'll make it like this orangey color oops no we'll do this okay are you at yeah <laughs> <laughs> might be annoying <laughs> overpowered characters because here's why if you can so like i thought dragon ball super was gonna be shitty 
because like okay what are they gonna do now right they're they're gods now what's how much can you write of this and they were able to do it by saying no there's 12 within the universe so now we're doing interuniversal stuff so that makes sense that actually makes sense right G- like the weakest person in universe 11 or whatever it is that Jiren's from is like the strongest person in Goku's universe. And that makes sense. Okay. That's how they did it. Okay, cool. Fine. I wish you could have done something like this earlier because you just kept giving us stronger and stronger villains each time. You know, it was just like, whatever. Right. Um, but now from here on out, like, like the villains got to be on Goku and Vegeta's level. And that's the part where it's kind of like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know about this, you know, but so the perfect example of like overpowered characters that are written that are done right. And it works for the story because of how the story, how the story is written. You know what I mean? Um, One Punch Man, Mob Psycho mm-hmm. and Satsuru Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, Satsuru Gojo, like, and this is I've because I'm caught up on the manga. Right. So but the next season of Jujutsu Kaisen, we're going to see something happen where it's it works out right because obviously if gojo like gojo could just wipe out everybody right but there's there's limits to him okay first of all you have the Mm -hmm. jujutsu high executives you have the the jujutsu sorcerer council who is always limiting him on everything right and then in one punch man uh saitama's limits are he's kind of an idiot you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't necessarily, and he's never at the right spot at the right time. It seems like, um, and that that's just how it's written. And it's written that way on purpose because if he was like super smart and the perfect hero, he would just whoop everybody and there would be nothing. There'd be no conflict. There'd be no story. Yeah. Um, and then with Deku, right. And all might, all might was injured. They, he started off that way and Deku hurts himself. They're building him up to the point where, you know, where it makes sense, and that's fine. So those work. But if, like I said, just like another trope we talked about earlier, which I'm trying to remember which one it was now, um, if it was, if we were talking about this 10, 15 years ago, I, I would probably say it's a bad trope or an annoying trope. But it's fine if you do it right. Same thing with Mob, right? Because Mob is extremely powerful, but when he is extremely powerful, he can't control it, okay? Yeah. He's the Incredible Hulk, right? So, like, that's an issue. That's a problem. And that's, like, uh, that's a limiter on him because he doesn't want to hurt anybody, you know? So, um, I love Mob Psycho 100. God damn it, dude. So fucking good. We just finished yeah. it the yeah. other day. It was oh really my good. god, are you serial right now? We can't. You... We haven't seen season two yet, but we just finished season one. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there, dude. Okay, like, oh, okay. Some of my favorite animators are are the animation staff on that bitch, and like, oh my god, oh, it looks I'm, so good. I'm horny. Like, I was right surprised now. Like, I'm horny. at, at that. <laughs> At the the animation, I was not because ex- I just seen like promo art or not pro- like promo visuals, and I didn't realize like the art would be so varied in in, like, in a good way. Yeah, dude. Like, um, Mob Psycho. I'm trying to find the name of the artist who did the one fight. I think it was Yamashita, um, who I think he's done some trigger stuff too. 
But, like, there's a fight towards the end of the second one, and it's just, like, the one guy's power is, like, he's super fast to the point where it just looks like he's teleporting, but he's not. He's just really fast. And he's teleporting up and down all around over here and over there and on the clouds, right? And it's just, like, oh, my God, dude, slow the fuck down, but don't because this is awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. Um, But, yeah, no, yeah, Mob is really good. I, I love Mob. So good. I feel like with OP characters, um, I, I I put this an annoying trope because, um, again, like I, I could go either way with it. I, I echo everything that you said where a lot of OP characters do have their limiters, do have the scope in which they can be OP. Um, but sometimes I feel like certain OP characters are there for the clout. Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen is one example just because I've only seen the anime. And right now he hasn't like done too much and I'm looking forward to him finally doing something. And I feel like sometimes they overshadow all of the hard work that other characters put into growing their skills. Because usually the OP characters, except for certain anime like Mob Psycho or One Punch, the OP character is not the main character. Usually it's like yeah. the bland protagonist is the main character. And so you need to watch that character grow, but then you you think that they're getting ahead. They think that they're getting ahead. And then the OP character comes in and just like demolishes everything. And you're like, well, shit, actually you've got a really long way to go. But on the flip side of that, the OP characters can be very useful when they're mentoring another character. Like, um, like, uh, uh, All Might, for example, like he, you need somebody who is OP, who's at the end of their own career or whatever, to then pass the the torch on to the next character. And I, I do enjoy that. I, I like that dynamic. So for me, OP characters can be like middle of the road. They're some more often than not a little annoying, but sometimes they're very well written where it makes sense that they're so OP. Yeah, I, I put this in between acceptable and annoying. And again, I can only think of the two characters that have been mentioned by uh, the three of us uh, gojo and and all might uh but it's it's nice to know that like with season two coming for jujutsu kaisen that we'll get more of like gojo's backstory so that he's just not op because he's op and uh like i find this as an acceptable trope because with the op characters that i've watched like there's always as some you mentioned there, there's a limit to to their OPness, I guess. OPness. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm thinking he means of... dicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one, dude. Oh, man. Freudian slip. But yeah, I'm thinking of uh, All Might in particular. Like, obviously, we know All Might is one of the, the most badass superheroes in the My Hero world, but there's a limit to him because he he's losing that power and so to your point Courtney seeing these OP characters uh, serve as mentors I make I think makes makes their strength a little bit more tolerable um, and it, it, I guess they kind of serve as like a, a an example to protagonists that aren't OP like what their potential could be obviously with Fedoria because he's he's inherited um, one for all from All Might so it's like what they aspire to um that makes this trope not so terrible for me. Yeah. Oh, OP characters. I think when it's when it's done right, it's done well and it's enjoyable. Uh, but the the next and final trope that we have on this list 
is the good old death flag. When a when an anime basically tells you that someone's going to die. Um, Sam, tell us, where, where are death flags landing on your list? Uh, that's bad. It's a bad one. Like, I... I would, yeah, I'd say, say bad. Just because, like, I don't want to know. Like, you're spoiling it in the spoiler. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, there, I think that, and, and I could be making this up, but there's probably anime OPs out there that even do this. Like, oh, for you know sure. What I mean? yeah. 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 So, like, if it's part of the story where it's written that way, where you know that's how it's going to end for that character, like, you know, like All Might, right? Like, we knew at some point he was not going to be able to be All Might anymore or be a hero anymore. Mm-hmm. And and that moment came. It's here now. We got it. That's fine. Same could be same same could be said for a death, right? Like we know that that's going to happen for this character because of whatever reason. Okay. Cool. Right? Like that's that makes sense. Like the movie Kill Bill, okay? It's called Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? At some point She's going to kill Bill. It's how she gets there that we're wondering if it's going to happen. And there were mm-hmm. even some moments where we didn't know if it was going to happen. You know? Yeah. So, um, but, like, yeah, no, this is a bad one. This is bad. Uh, I would say worst because, like, obviously, de- if, if death flags are put there in place to drive the story forward and and make that character do something astounding, you know, before it happens, then that's awesome. But a lot of the time, that's not what we get. A lot of the time, it's like, it's obvious and it's a spoiler. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, no. Bad. Yeah. I I feel similarly. I put it under bad trope because in my mind, it's like, why would you ever want to ruin the surprise of a character dying? Like, I feel like some of the most memorable moments in anime and in other media is like when a a significant death happens. And I want to feel like just as emotionally impacted as the characters in the show. But that can't happen when the anime is basically telling me, oh, guess what? This person's going to die soon. Um, And my favorite instance of this is when you randomly get backstory for a character that's been around for a while. You just know immediately you're like, oh, shit, this guy's dead as fuck. But with that said, I don't put it in worse tropes just because there are the few moments where I I do appreciate the heads up so that I'm not emotionally destroyed when it does actually happen. That that is few and far between, but that that does kind of make me want to place it in the bad category versus the worst category. Um so yeah, I don't know. Like I just I, I feel like there there's something about it that just kind of ruins the experience I could have had I not known that this character was going to die or something significant was going to happen to them. Yeah, I put this in in bad tropes, dude. This is another one, like, with plot armor you see outside of anime, too. <laughs> and I keep going back to Walking Dead because I think, like, that's, like, a walking trope in itself, um, especially with getting these flashback. When you Once you start getting flashback sequences or stories of certain characters, that's where you know this character is going to be dead. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking in JoJo part two, there was an instance of this where like, as soon as I saw it, yeah, there was this character, there's an episode in JoJo part two where it was focused on a character's backstory. And I think the very next episode, like they met their demise. I was like, okay, well, I, I, sh- I know I shouldn't get invested in this character so much, but like yeah, like you said, 
I guess it kind of preps you for that moment. Um, but sometimes, like, I would rather just get swept off my feet with a character's death and have it feel like a gut punch. And then maybe down the road after that episode, you you get some insight into, like, their backstory a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, Sam, to your point about some anime making it very clear that someone's going to die and then you just have to go on the journey of finding out why that happens. The case study of Vanitas, they they say like in the first like 10 seconds of the show, this is a story about how I kill so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, well, that that's fine because now I get to just see how you build this relationship and then how that relationship comes to an end. But there's no surprise really that, that needs to be ruined in that instance. So I, I could be okay with that but yeah death flags i don't know i don't know but there you have it our tier lists are complete we're gonna save these and we're gonna share them on the discord so that everyone can see them um so if you're not part of the discord joins that you can see our lists and if you want to make your own tier list again we'll share the link to the template in the description so that you can make yours and even share it on the discord but thank you, Sam, for yes, joining us you. and going through the tier list process with us for the very first time. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. We really appreciate it. And um, before we close things out, tell everyone where they can listen to Anime Summit and find you guys on social media. Yeah, just uh, if you type in your little thingy at the top, what do you call it? Like a URL, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> the search bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the stitch bar, whatever you call it. Um, if you type in links.animesummit.net, um, everything's right. It's a link tree. So, like, uh, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, I always tell this on my podcast. Everyone does on my podcast. I say it every week. My favorite link on there is the Discord one because um, that's, like, where we all hang out and have fun and stuff. I think Discord is such a great app. It's so good. Like, it's, I'm so mad that I did not think of it. You know what I mean? Because I just was like, oh, well. <laughs> there's Messenger apps, there's chat rooms, there's Snapchat. You don't need another thing. But no, like, it's so good. It's so good. And um, we were one of the first, like, content creators to hop on it and use it as a community space. We jumped on it as soon as it launched. Because, like, um, we were using Slack in the very beginning. And uh, Slack is, like, it's like the same thing except just the chat room part. There's nothing else. It's just the chat room part. And Slack is more for like office use. Like if you're working in an office kind of thing where discord, you have the voice, you have streaming, you have emojis, custom emojis, all kinds of fun stuff. It's so good. And I think we've just built a really nice community for our listeners on, on, um, on discord. I was about to say Slack again, but on discord, it's it's so fun. It's my favorite link on our link tree. Just come in, have fun with us. You know, we have a channel where you can share your pets. And I personally love animals. The only rule about it is if you join our Discord and the first picture you post of your pet, your animal automatically becomes mine, and I know <laughs> your cat and or dog and or snake or whatever it is you post. So that's the only stipulation. Otherwise come in and have fun um but yeah we're on, on youtube um spotify google podcast just search anime summit and yeah you should, you're good to go we have a patreon you can become a patron and get exclusive things 
you know, there's one exclusive thing where I think I just yell at Smokey for two hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I deleted it. But, you know, anyway, you know, whatever you want. Yeah, just come on. Hang out. Yeah, and actually, I recommend all, all listeners check out the, the most recent episode that came out for you guys is the Etchy tier list. And I was, God. We were listening <laughs> to that earlier. It, just, it was just hilarious listening to you guys rate all these Etchy. So. It was very timely, too, from yeah. one tier list to another tier list. <laughs> I personally, I think we, I think this is a better way of doing it, where we all do it together, and then... Um, we put it in different spots, like we, and then download them. I think that's a way better idea. And I am gonna say it right now: I'm stealing that. I will credit strictly. <laughs> I will credit strictly pot, but I'm stealing it. Like this is a way better way of doing it. I think than how we did it, honestly. But yeah, y'all should check out strictly. I love. The, I love this. These guys. This is fun. It's an honor to be here. It's really fun. Yeah, it's been great having you on here, and we hope that you'll you'll join us again sometime soon. Uh, so yeah, thank you again for for being here with us and doing the tier list. Yeah, thank you. And so Sam is going to keep hanging out with us to answer some questions for our Patreon bonus episode. Um, But that wraps up episode 88 of Strictly Anime. If you enjoy the podcast and like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly series and subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly series and on Twitter at Strictly series. And check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com, where you'll find more info on Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.